from the heart of London with your host, Danny Ashok. Here is the Young Squire Podcast. Mm, Oh yeah, welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 32 of the Young Squire Podcast. I hope you're all doing well, looking after yourselves smiling, getting shit done, doing good, all of that stuff. I've just um, I've just finished watching the Cobra Kai series. Have you guys seen or heard anything about this? It's the, um, the spin-off series from the Karate Kid movies. It's on uh, YouTube Red, which I had never heard of until, until the other week. It's uh, a 10-part series, I think. I essentially binged it, so kind of lost count of how many episodes there were. And I was initially reluctant to watch it. I knew I would. I knew I would, but I just wasn't um, wasn't convinced that there was any need for it. You know, was anyone ever saying, you know what we need in our lives? We need a Karate Kid spin-off series. Nobody was saying this. We had five of them. Five of those movies. Three with Ralph Macchio. One with Hilary Swank. The remake with Jaden Smith. We didn't need any more. You know, people generally seem to hate the one with Jaden Smith. It's like the, uh, it's like the unspeakable Karate Kid movie. I didn't mind it. I like most things with Jackie Chan. I think that's why. But uh, but I watched the entire series of Cobra Kai purely because of the the nostalgia that I knew that I would get from it. And um, and let me tell you, let me tell you, some of the casting choices in the series, whew, questionable. That's me being kind. Aside from um, aside from Johnny Lawrence and Daniel LaRusso, who are played by the same actors from the movies, and rightfully so, they've earned it. The um, the other cast members, some of them, some of them, I, I kind of wonder how they they slipped through. Quite frankly, the net must have had some some damn big holes in them. And some parts of the dialogue were awful. Some of the action scenes feel like they're in slow motion, even when they're not. And yet. And yet, I kind of enjoyed it. It was a fun series. Short episodes made it easy to digest. Nostalgic kicks galore. And um, and there was a unique 80s vibe about it. Not in the, in the Stranger Things kind of way where it was uh, an homage to the 80s. But this was almost like, um, like a parody of, of some of the, the 80s elements from the original movies. It was poking fun at themselves a fair bit, which was nice. And the one thing that this, uh, this series made me realize watching it was just how good the 80s and 90s were for movies. Like, they were some good decades for movies, weren't they? Just in terms of originality or iconic status, the 80s had it. You know, the 80s, you, you had Karate Kid, you had... Goonies, E.T., Indiana Jones, uh, Back to the Future, Gremlins, Beetlejuice, Ferris Bueller, Coming to America, Stand By Me. Amazing movies. Big. Big. Very good. Those were films that even if the world that the movies are set in seem seem dated now, the, the stories were original or at least told in an original way enough for them to still hold up today. Same with the 90s. You know, you think about the movies from the 90s that are still seen as iconic to this day. You've got Jurassic Park. The first Jurassic Park, if you watch it today, it still holds up. 
It doesn't look particularly dated, really. He had Forrest Gump, Terminator 2, Shawshank Redemption, what else, Saving Private Ryan, Titanic, Goodfellas, Toy Story, Lion King, Aladdin, Home Alone. Man, and maybe maybe the 90s were the turning point for that for that influx of movies based on on books because half the ones I just mentioned were all books originally. And you, but you don't really get that kind of originality anymore anyway, or at least not films that gain that kind of iconic status that that films from earlier decades did. Like if you look at if you look at the biggest films of last year, they were all comic book movies or sequels or reboots of uh, an already established franchise. The originality is is lacking somewhat. And look, I'm certainly part of the problem here because because I'm there watching those comic book movies and sequels and reboots and I'm there watching Cobra Kai. And I do wonder, I do wonder how frustrating it might be for someone like Ralph Macchio. Maybe maybe he loved it, I don't know. But he's someone who I am sure has done a bunch of work after the first Karate Kid movie, but he's never done anything as popular. And so people must always be making Karate Kid references to him. Everywhere he's been for the last 30 years, nothing but Karate Kid references. Wax on, wax off, just nonstop. But he does seem like someone who's embraced it, in my opinion. You know, if you watch his recent interviews where he's gone promoting Cobra Kai, he certainly looks happy to be doing the show. He certainly looks happy to be revisiting Daniel LaRusso once again. And I, I knew an actor once, I knew an actor who was so well known for a, uh, a particular part that he hated meeting any of his fans. Hated meeting them because they would keep calling him by his character name. And it really made him quite distraught. I don't know, maybe because deep down he had this fear that that would just be his life. That he would forever be known for that one character. But you gotta, you got to embrace these things, I think. You know, look at Sylvester Stallone. He's a good example. He apparently still gets a kick out of, um, out of people calling him Rocky. Maybe because the character is his creation, perhaps. I don't know. I mean, look at me. You know, people know me as a global icon and a national treasure. Do you see me shying away from that? No. I mention it every episode. <laughs> but, but I am glad. I am glad that Ralph Macchio has, um, you know, has embraced all his... Karate kidness in uh, in all its glory. Uh, check out Cobra Kai. You might like it. If you, if you like the movies, you'd probably enjoy it. And uh, if you enjoyed it or hated it, tweet me. Let me know. Did you guys watch the uh, the royal wedding? Harry and Meghan. I watched it. It was essentially background noise for the uh, for the majority of the morning. But I paid attention to certain bits. And look, you know, people will say that it's a waste of taxpayers' money. Money which could have gone towards uh, towards helping the poor, the disadvantaged. It goes without saying, but I will say that you know this was a wedding that would have been watched and heard about worldwide. And in a time where there is just so much negativity in the world and so much negativity just putting just being put out there by the media, it's quite nice just to see something um, happy and joyous for once. And all the different elements of the wedding came together to, to really make for something special, I thought. Not just the beautiful couple, but the choir, Bishop Michael. Oh, he's a star, isn't he? Bishop Michael. Bishop Michael was doing his thing. And even the weather stayed beautiful in, in Windsor. And it made the UK look stunning. If I was in a different country, I would say, you know what? I think I want to go to the UK. It looks beautiful. I mean, I was, I was in London and even I thought, that looks beautiful.
might go there sometime. One thing that always confuses me with these royal weddings is, um, you know, the people that are there for the parade. Because you get some people who are just completely casual. Just They just show up minutes beforehand just to see a little glimpse of Harry and Meghan. And then you get the types who, who dress nicely. And then you get the other types who will camp out days in advance in groups. They'll be there like two, two three days before the wedding. And you think, is, is it really that important for you to do that? And in every group, there's always at least one guy, always one guy in every group in a suit that is made entirely from the Union Jack flag. Head to toe. Head to toe in the Union Jack flag. I don't understand these people. At what point do you see yourself in that suit and say, yeah, yeah, I look good. <laughs> I mean, where do you even get a suit like that? Who sells these? Do you have to get it specially made? Hi, I like a suit. I like a suit that looks like the Union Jack just puked up all over me please, just just puked up all over me. I mean, Jesus, it's, it's disgusting. Like, stop wearing these suits, they're, they're gross. All right, so today, so today we have uh, Taj Atwal on the show. It's, uh, it's been a while since I've done an interview for the podcast, so I figured it was well overdue. And uh, Taj and I, we've known each other for, for several years now. She's a good mate of mine, we have a good laugh. You may have seen her on the BBC series In The Club or the Sky One series, Stella. She was in East as East in the West End a couple of years back, educating Rita, and more recently um, over at the Royal Court in uh, in Rita, Sue, and Bob too. She's constantly doing some really cool work, and, and deservedly so, because uh, she's such a talent. And this was a, a conversation that was long overdue, but we finally got our shit together, and we did it. And uh, I think you guys will like it. So without further ado, here is my chat, with Taj Atwell. Enjoy. You've got a real attitude problem, McFly. You're a slacker. You remind me of your father when he went here. He was a slacker too. A lot of Japanese food is better with soy sauce. But you could have miso. You can make it. There's gluten-free soy sauce. There is, yeah. That's, I mean, that's the main problem that I have when I go to um, Chinese restaurants. Because I don't want to go in with my... I've got my own thanks. Oh, you're that guy. <laughs> so, you know, there's people that take their own knives and forks out as well. There are, yeah, yeah, which is a bit weird. <laughs> Don't be that guy. Which is <laughs> it's a little bit weird, but only because um, I guess it's just germophobic. Sweet chili sauce. What? You could substitute soy for sweet chili. <laughs> I guess it's not really the same. <laughs> I guess I could. It's weird because, like, um, yesterday I had this kebab, and then I told you I've been doing a lot of running recently, right? Well, you started off slow, walking <laughs> on the treadmill. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, no, but... <laughs> no, no, but now I'm usually doing about 4K kilometres. Oh, hark at you. And how long does that take you? It takes me a while. <laughs> but I am running. I am... Uh, so yesterday I did... Um, yesterday I did three kilometres and I was running for about half an hour. How do you know what the kilometres is on the treadmill? Is it because it's, 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 it, it says on the side on the screen? Um, I must be really slow though. But no, but you might be um, running. You, you might be measuring in miles. So the treadmill I have, it was measuring in miles initially, but it was clocking up so slowly that I thought, you know what? Let me try kilometers because I'd read somewhere kilometers clock up faster because it's a, a shorter distance. So for me, as I'm running, the kilometers are clocking up far more quicker than miles would. So psychologically, it just makes me think. I'm really running far. <laughs> I'm really running far. And so that's why <laughs> that's that's why I change it to kilometers. So how many kilometers are there in a mile? Um so four kilometers is about three miles. 
that's pretty good. Put See, I can right. run on a treadmill yeah. for ages, but I can't even run to the end of the street outside. That's what I'm thinking as well. And it's really hard. Because yeah, that's what I'm thinking as well. Because I, I was running on the treadmill for a fair amount of time. And then maybe like a week ago, I ran for the bus and I was so tired. Yeah, I, like, I get stitched. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's so weird. People are like, so oh, weird. let's go for a run. And I'm like, nah. Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, I don't think I would do quite so well outside. Because if there's any slight rays in the surface, <laughs> I'm done. It's a struggle, like, yeah. It's a big, major struggle. It is a struggle, yeah. I mean, that's 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 my big fear at the moment, if I ever decide to, you know... I've tried it, and it just Olympics ends like up I... quite embarrassing, because people are yeah. looking, and you think, oh, she's going for a run. Yeah. But then, like, if there's standstill traffic, and you've stopped within three cars deep, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like, oh... <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, yesterday, I was I told you I was having this kebab. As I'm eating it, I was feeling this instant... Gratification. <laughs> no, I was feeling this, like, regret as I was eating. I carried on eating it until I finished. But halfway through, I was like, yeah, but there's like a tear <laughs> running down my face <laughs> as I was eating it. Even the notion of kebab, mate. Because you know why? Because um, it was a new kebab place where I live. So called German. You just had to try it. So we had to try it. And um, yeah, instantly I just felt this real sort of regret, which I think I messaged you saying, like, I just feel remorse. Remorse. Yeah. Because I've been doing so well with, with the running. I think diet is the, the thing where I'm lacking the most, which is the most important. Eighty percent is it of your fitness will be, be to do with your diet. diet. So I, you know, I, I am super fit and healthy. I yeah. love going to the gym. I love working out. Yeah, but so then humble. I'll like so humble with it. As well. <laughs> <laughs> Me humble never. <laughs> so super fit and healthy. <laughs> I like working out. Yeah, but I'll just come home and eat like. Loads. Chips and gravy. You have just brought chips. Like, you literally just called me I and did, said, as a, as a... do you want me to bring chips? <laughs> no. And I have just finished eating my brunch, followed by a portion of chips. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. But then yeah. In my, I've got really bad mindset because I'm like, oh, it's all right, I'm going to gym later. But I've been told, I mean, maybe ch- chips isn't the right thing, but I've been told that for someone with my build, which is quite thin, quite a slim build, that oh, I should... So humble. <laughs> <laughs> I should be... Um, that I should be eating a lot of carbs. <laughs> With my model physique. <laughs> that I should be eating a lot of carbs. It's, it's weird because I'm finding running very addictive. Um, See, that's not something I've ever been addicted to. Have you not? Okay. No, mine is I love lifting weights. Because I love knowing that I've, I don't know, I've managed to kind of with my personal trainer, I've got to a certain weight and I can increase it and I feel stronger. And mm. My body shape, everything changes when I lift weights. But because yeah. I'm like quite slight and yeah. long-limbed, <laughs> I need to kind of have a bit of muscle or something. On me muscle, yeah, feel. yeah. I suppose my main goal is just to tone up more than anything and just lose a bit of that. Lose a bit of Stroking your five chins. <laughs> lose a bit of the double chin. Situation You've going. not got a double no, chin. No, I haven't. Although, I mean, everyone has one. Oh, my God, I've got a double chin. No, I haven't. No, <laughs> no, no You're right. Has I don't. Got a double chin? I don't. Um, I probably have. I don't really care. I don't care about stuff like that. Like, I don't usually weigh myself or anything. I just, no. As long as I feel strong and I feel like active, that's yeah. all that genuinely matters. Well, you, to you're me. doing boxing still, right? Yeah, I've doing loads of boxing. It's been amazing. There's a lot of fitness involved in that, but it changes your. It's an all round workout, isn't it? It changes boxing. your. Um, mental what's the word i don't know capacity. what I'm yeah <laughs> capacity <laughs> because he teaches you how to have longevity in a fight or whatever right, so right, for example right. a lot of it is about lasting around and okay. um stamina so for example we'll do like a beep test type of thing running from without one... doing the beep yeah oh, okay, but oh. so he will say instead of sprinting as much as you can within that amount of time yes jog <laughs> 
for maximum um stamina kind of thing so you're not like out of breath at the end you want okay. to still keep going keep going until he says stop and not be out of breath at the end yeah i mean boxing is something that i'm a big rocky fan as as you know <laughs> and and i've uh every so often i watch like the big fights and stuff but i can't say i'm, I'm a big boxing fan but i've always thought oh it could be quite cool to do that i remember i remember like watching rocky when i was younger um and, and like last week but every day uh, but when i was younger watching it I was watching it with my dad. My, I'd never seen my dad do any exercise ever in life. And then suddenly, as Rocky, I can't remember which Rocky it was, but after it finished, he just gets up and starts stretching. Like, goes, Let's go for a run. I'm like, what? what? Sit down. I'm not going for a run. <laughs> there wasn't really much persuading. And that just, was the end of that. Yeah, and he just <laughs> sat back down and, and never ran again. Yeah, and he never ran again. But, um, <laughs> but it's weird how Rocky would always sort of, it would always make me think, man, I should, I should try boxing. It is so... I don't even know what the word is. Like, you feel so... um, You have mental clarity at the end of it. But that's still... I mean, it's still cardio. You said you're not a fan of cardio. It's still cardio, isn't it, boxing? Yeah, but it's fun. Yeah, yeah, So, like, every round is two minutes. Mm, Um, mm. And we'll do, like, a a jab, jab, hook, uppercut. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a combination. A combination of something. And you'll always switch it up. So, you might go with somebody who's looks significantly stronger and bigger than you or whatever mm-hmm. if that happens he'll he'll come he'll come over and he'll make you punch harder as in the, the trainer the yeah. the yeah the coach yeah. Yeah. um so you're not just kind of practicing i think you're actually punching to punch right right have you, have you been hit yet no but i have hurt my arm <laughs> from doing a really naff punch <laughs> when i first started in like not listening to what he was saying yeah and just he has a really good soundtrack okay. to, to the two minute what rounds. Your, what's your soundtrack when you exercise? Because uh, I listen to some crap. Do you? Yeah, I listen to like Whitney Houston. And like this is songs that, that really aren't. Pocahontas. Oh wow, Colors of the Wind. Yeah, you knew. Why did you even ask me? Because you always sing it. Because that's, that's what I was gonna. I don't know. There's just something about that song that motivates oh me in life. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, what I find though is, no matter what song I'm listening to as I'm running, it's I I wind wind up running to the beat, almost right of, of the song, right a lot of time. So I can only imagine if I'm running to Colors of the Wind, it's like the slowest run in the. No, like yeah, like I I pick up my pace, and there's just something about it in my head. I am Pocahontas, and like you know, running, running saving the, people in the planet, people running through the woods. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. not saying that's the only thing that I listen to. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. it'll be something like Chasing Status, okay. Energy. There's a song called Energy. I've started listening to. I've started listening to as I'm sort of nearing the end of a run. I'll start listening to um, this thing called Fearless Motivation on Spotify. So Ooh, play, I like the sound of that. They'll, they'll, they'll play this epic sort of beat in the background, like a cinematic sort of song. You. Are. No, no, but then, no. There's like there's a, a guy speaking. Like um, he'll be saying stuff like, "Do not give up on your dreams." If you give up on your dreams, they're going to give up on you. And then I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to give up. And I'm on the treadmill just running. I'm not going to give up. <laughs> speaking back to him. And, and I find it. Like, Everyone giving you side eye. Yeah. Like towards the end of a run, it's really, um, it's really kind of motivational. I find just to hear that voice. I suppose it's the same when you have like a, a coach or a personal, personal trainer just shouting at you. It's like he, he, he can be shouty. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. he will be. 
I mean, God, it can be quite a sexist um, industry. Just because there's been a few times it's like, you don't want to punch like a girl. And I remember once. <laughs> I am a girl. I know. I looked around and said to him, I will knock you out if I have to. <laughs> this is a guy who's like, go to the Xbox. I kind of thing. And I was like, don't underestimate me. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. if I have to, I will. <laughs> but then he was like, look, I'm sorry. I'm only just saying it for you to be like, to, you know. Light a fire up. Yeah, and I'm like, look, there's ways of doing that. I don't need to be told to, you know, punch like a girl. That doesn't encourage me in any way, shape or form. Because, But he just said naturally, in lessons, people just don't want to kind of give it their all in terms of punching and stuff like that. And he was like, then you'll get into that mindset of just kind of doing a half-assed thing. So he'll just come round. He was like, okay, let's do it again. He'll make sure your form's right, everything like that. Where to punch from, which is from your leg, hips upwards. And just really, really good. It's so freeing because if you've had a really stressful day... Mm. You know, you can just let it out. Let it out. Yeah, I suppose so. I mean, that's kind of. I mean, again, that's what I'm finding with with running at the moment. Anyway, I mean, the mistake I made, I think I told you, was when I got a um a cramp on my calf oh. the other day. And I just carried on running. No stretch. Which is, yeah, which is a really bad move. And then um, I was out of action for like a few days because I was just in so much agony. My God, it was painful. But but I am finding it very addictive though. The whole running thing. Yeah, it's when you get into something. It's the, probably the endorphins that you've had. Yeah, like, just, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Like I, like you, like I said before, I hate cardio. But with boxing, like we'll do a round. We'll do a combination of things, and then we'll do a burpee. Then we'll go another combination of burpee. burpees. Right up, yeah. I hate burpees. Yeah. Right up to twenty burpees, and in between these yeah. burpees, we're doing a combination of about six different moves. And then from that, we've got to go onto our back and yeah. do sit up combination, punching on the pads, oh, wow. and the sit up, and so it's a lot. So it's, a lot. It's almost like a CrossFit fit. CrossFit. CrossFit. <laughs> CrossFit. <laughs> CrossFit routine, right? Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, ever since I've known you, which is uh, about six years now, I was thinking, I was thinking about this the other day. It was about six years. Wow. Which is crazy. You've always been very healthy and and health conscious and so on. Was that something that came about because you're in this industry, or was it was it always the way that you were even beforehand? Because it's yeah, a very no, it's image... nothing to do with the industry. I think that's just my own mindset. My mum is really one well, probably. The strongest person I know physically. Right, right. No, I don't know. I used to be really, really underweight and poor diet and just significantly, really, like, just weaker. And I don't know. I just got sick of feeling like that. Also, it scares me genuinely when I see older people or people my age who are really struggling and I don't want to ever be like that like it's so ingrained into my mind that I don't want to get to a certain age and really be struggling yeah and to have so much help I want to be active Mm. I I like it though and you know I've done martial arts from when I was like 10 and always and played for the netball team and stuff like that you know I wasn't great weirdly though PE was my worst subject (laughs) I read my school report (laughs) I can't remember what it was and it said well with an attendance record of less than 40 (laughs) percent it's hard to assess Taj's ability um oh god that report I should have dug that out actually so (laughs) ridiculous with an attention span of a gnat I think Taj's um Taj's a bright when she wants to be but often she's disruptive and unruly to teach well that's that was similar to me as well (laughs) so maybe it's like an actor's thing because my my whole thing was Danny has the intelligence to do well, but he just never puts it to use. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> I was like, thanks. They're quite damning those reports. <laughs> thanks, I think. <laughs> I was I was actually quite lucky because I had two teachers that would. <laughs> I love it. Never puts it to good use. You know, I had two teachers that would really sort of try and nurture whatever whatever I was trying to be in school. 
So the whole sort of like, you know, I was trying to always make people laugh or whatever. And they would kind of nurture that, even though it was quite disruptive to their lessons. Uh, they would help me along with it, which is great. I mean, like one of those teachers follows me on Twitter now. We follow each other on oh, Twitter. Oh, wow. And I said to her, because um, I tried to contact her when I was in New York. I uh, I called up the secondary school and said, um, oh, I'm trying to get in touch with this teacher. Her name's Miss Baines. And uh, she was my maths teacher. I swear every school had a teacher called Miss Baines. <laughs> Probably, yeah. <laughs> and um, the the receptionist said, um, oh, what's, what's her first name? I uh-huh. Miss, <laughs> I, I had no idea what her first name was because I only, only Do you know remember her. Remember at school when all of a sudden you like you used to see your teacher outside of school, oh, and, it, and it used to it was just so awkward. really throw you off because you'd be like, "They're, they're people." Yeah. <laughs> it was so awkward. <laughs> they yeah. have lives. I, I remember. Um, I remember one time when I was younger, I accidentally calling a teacher mum. Oh, everyone did <laughs> everyone that. Everyone does that. But the thing is, I remember a friend of mine, years <laughs> later... And my... then everyone in the class would go, oh! <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A friend of mine did it to our maths, um, our other maths teacher, Miss Moscovich. He accidentally called her mum. And I, <laughs> I was cracking up. I took the piss out of him for so long. Because at that point, we were about 14. <laughs> like... It's still making me laugh now. If I went back to school now, I would still laugh at something like that. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, so so Miss Miss Baines was someone that really sort of helped nurture me and stuff. And I couldn't get a hold of her when uh, when I was in New York. And I just wanted to say thank you and everything to her. And then last year, she saw uh, the poster for, for Finding Fatima. She saw it at Stratford Station or wherever. And then she followed me on Twitter off the back of that. I said, oh, I just want to say, you know, I was trying to get in touch with you a few years ago. I really wanted to say thank you, you know, for helping me out so much back in school and everything. And um, she was like, oh, Danny, you were like my son before I had children. You know, you were like, you know, such a, a great student and stuff. I was like, right. Don't, don't lie. <laughs> don't insult me. <laughs> don't insult my intelligence. Uh, but um, but it was nice to just reconnect and sort of let her know. I mean, do you have a teacher like that at school that kind of helped you along in terms of wanting to become an act- actor? No. <laughs> I was, look, I, I should have got the school report out. I might, I might be able to dig it out. I was not easy to teach yeah. at school <laughs> and I can hold my hands up and say that now yeah, yeah, yeah. now I've come out of it I was a, like I was difficult at difficult school student. Mm. you know I had loads of other issues going on and I just didn't know how to kind of I suppose cope with life at that mm-hmm. age so no I don't think there was particularly so- I mean I loved my English tutor, she was so old school and she like she had this mm. jar on her her Miss Connor had she had this jar, a glass jar on her table and she used to say a ghost lived in there. And she was so crazy and wild, but I loved her. She was a cookie, and I, I found her really in, in, endearing. And when I wanted to concentrate, I was really good. Um, history was probably my favourite subject at school because I found it so fascinating to know that the world that we came from. Right. War was my probably, like, learning about, you know, the World War One and Two and stuff mm. was, was my favourite subject. So if I had an interest in something, I would really, really love it. Pay attention. And drama, towards the end, I was getting into loads of, you know, amazing... Um, like directing type of thing so we had to direct like little short pieces based on something uh, and I won it for our year um so in secondary school yeah this is at secondary school mm. my sec I went to quite a few schools <laughs> <laughs> this is my second secondary, secondary school, school. Oh, okay. oh, wow. All right. um after a few mishaps <laughs> mishaps in this particular school anyway yeah, yeah. um being kicked out and stuff and, and going back and whatever yeah um, but no, I just didn't, 
Not really. Probably college. York College was where I really had people to kind of guide me and mm. say, look, you can make something of this. Mm. I mean, God, at college I ended up dropping out of my first year. <laughs> oh, and then I restarted again. What, what were you doing the first year? Was it acting? It was acting and dance. Oh, okay. And I was just, you know, living a crazy life. Yeah, yeah. I was living in this place called Safe and Sound Homes, which mm-hmm. is amazing charity and so I was just going wild and like doing whatever I needed to do you know and that was okay that's what I at that time that's probably what I knew I wanted to do and needed to do but I had a college that really supported me said look come back Mm. stay one with dance at least come once or twice a week Mm. and restart afresh when you're a bit more in the right place to do it right right so I restarted again and then still doing acting and dance then yeah restarted acting and dance Mm. And then didn't go again <laughs> for various different reasons. I was going through a lot of lot of mental health issues at that time. I mean, I was only young. I was like 17. Right, right. Um, and they just said, look, just keep, just come. Mm. You know, I think it's really hard for kids now because I think if you have a really low attendance record, you get kicked out. You get kicked out, yeah. Um, so. so that doesn't really give leeway for anyone who is having really severe mental health issues yeah, and problems yeah, yeah. at home. Mm, they mm, don't, mm. they don't. It's, I think it's hard to then cater for that. Where they really gave me that breathing space and I just started going and going and, and they were encouraging me more and more and more and they were, you know, um, I was playing roles that I really felt like I could get my teeth into, like Neil Simon plays and stuff like that. Right, that I right. really found like, okay, I love this kind of work. Yeah, Physical theatre we were doing where I felt like I could really kind of express myself. Who, you know, when you're that age, you can find it hard to talk about stuff. Yeah, yeah. I had counsellors <clears throat> and things and they also encouraged me and there was an amazing... Um, department at your college that support you I don't know you know what it's like now I'm sure it's still great Mm. yeah and then I kept going and there was a tutor there called Serge and a tutor there called Sam and they said look I think you should apply for drama schools and Um, I was like what is a drama school (laughs) 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 what what is that yeah 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 bear in mind there was no like iPhone or things Mm. like that you know like internet wasn't that accessible yeah you'd have to go to the library and log on and, and yeah. you know you couldn't just oh, it I certainly it wasn't just didn't. at your fingertips yeah. it wasn't at your fingertips yeah, yeah. and I wasn't into that yes. the people that I associated myself with we weren't into that kind of stuff Mm-mm. we would just go out and you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> do naughty things instead <laughs> yeah. and no one really wanted to be I think there was like MySpace or something I remember some yeah, people yeah, yeah. did this MySpace yeah but it wasn't in like that wasn't on my my <laughs> radar <laughs> so I didn't know about looking how to be an actress I just knew that I was at college and I was like training I never knew how I was going to do it and they said look go to drama school and they encouraged me they supported me but you know financially and and through all these different ways and with my audition pieces that I had a tutor who'd give me one-on-one time Mm. I think you know they gave other people one-on-one time it was a small drama group and everything was like you can do this and then, luckily, the particular drum school that I went to came to the college and thought, oh, well, everyone else's audition, I will do it. Mm-hmm. And I got a recall and I was like, oh, oh, okay. Somebody actually thinks I could yeah. really could do this yes. yeah, even yeah. further afield outside your college. Mm. And then I went and I got in and I went to different ones and I got recalls and I got in and I chose Guildford School of Acting at the time because acting, I was yeah. quite nervous. Like, I, you know, loads of my friends from your college had been there or were going there. And I didn't want to be on my own. So I went there and it was the biggest culture shock I think I've ever had. I found it really hard, actually. Why why so? It was like a world I'd never known. I I was from this really working class background. 
you know, the most exciting thing I had ever done was go to see Spice Girls in concert, which still to this day is the most <laughs> exciting thing exciting. I've ever done. You know, and there's people there who'd been backpacking around Vietnam on yeah, their gap year, right? Yeah, I didn't yeah, know yeah. What, what gap year was because I was still <laughs> dropping out of college. You when you go to work at Gap. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was working at Halfords. That yeah. was like my goal. I either yeah. wanted to be a rip speed girl and work into like modifying cars. <laughs> Like my favourite car was like a Vauxhall Nova and I was like, oh, I'm going to get a Vauxhall Nova and I'm going to do it up and it's right, going to be right. this really cool car yeah, yeah. whilst also wanting to be an actress. Like, do you know what I mean? I didn't know who I was. <laughs> and then there's people who yeah. have been like backpacking around the world and stuff and I was like, yeah. wow, okay, we really have nothing in common. common yeah. And I was really scared. I'd gone from actually living in supported housing to then going to a place where I was... I used to get my housemates in the first week to stay in my room with me until I fell asleep. And they would do that for me. I remember me. you telling me about this. Do you yeah, remember that? Yeah, I was I really scared. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't know why. I mm. would just... Somebody who was so... Well, what I thought was quite streetwise for my age, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden became really scared. Right. And they would, bless them, sit with me until I was fallen, fallen asleep. Mm-hmm. That whole first wow. week of tram school. Wow. As an 18-year-old. Yeah. But you got used to it in the end, right? As in being, Got used being to it in the end. I, I was awful in the first year. And, I, you mm. know, I, I'm not sure I was the easiest person to get along with. Mm-hmm. I think my best friend, one of the guys is my best friend now, I was like, I think I hated you for that whole first year. <laughs> right. I was so mouthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know... We had to do this awful thing in our third year where we all had to say to each other what our first impression was of each other and what our lasting impression was. And I was like, why are we telling each other this? And everyone used to be like, I was scared of you. I didn't like you. And kind of thing. Not everyone, but, you know, I wasn't easy to get along with. Yeah. God, if I met me now, I'd probably hate me. I was like then. And then by the third year, I just really bloomed. Settled into it. Settled into it, bloomed. I found my feet and I really really changed as a person it mm. really really helped me to grow as a person so um so early on who would you say were your um your inspirations to get into acting as in like people from the industry i mean kathy burke for sure okay nice i loved everything i love gimme 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 kevin and perry mm. neil by mouth they are three completely different characters. characters yeah and look you know i would I don't. I don't know if this is a great term, but character characters. Yeah, yeah. you know, mm. and I love. Well, she's her. a character actor, isn't she? Like, but Neil by Mouth is not. Oh yeah, I guess yeah. yeah so yeah, that's yeah. why I, I was like, wow, look at this. This is mm. so transformative. Yeah. In terms of writing, directing, acting, mm. everything she did in in comedy. And I remember going to drama schools before I picked that one, and they used to ask me, and they people were like Kathy Burke, what? Mm-hmm. They'd expect me to say somebody Asian, right? But right. there was no a- idol at that time <laughs> who was Asian. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, no. Mira Sile, I love Mira Sile. In goodness gracious me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. She was. Yeah. She was still there. But that, but they were the ones that I could associate myself with. Yeah. Small British Asian, seventeen, eighteen year old. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I felt like I could associate yeah. with. Yeah. Kathy Burke, yeah. But I really did. And it was what I could see myself doing. And actually, I would say that's the kind of career that I eventually started in. Yes. was going in that, way, yeah, yeah, that yeah. route of yeah. comedy. And yeah, that that's who I would... And even now, I would probably still say Kathy, Kathy Burke. Burke. Who's yours? Um, I, I mean, mean, it doesn't have to be male. Or I'm, I mean, gro- growing up, I, I, it was always Michael J. J. Fox. I, I wanted to be Michael J. Fox. Mm. Like, so badly. I okay. Was, I, I think, was, yeah, you've mentioned this a few times. Yeah, and I... Um, because we used to uh, own an off license, typical. <laughs> okay. Uh, and we used to also. Do, sell... I know, do I know this? I feel like this is new news to me. Maybe. Um, and we used to sell, uh, as well as like groceries and drinks and whatever. We used to sell um, VHS tapes, right? Oh. Yeah, videotapes, right? R-I-P. Back in the day, right? Yeah, <laughs> R.I.P. And um, we had Back to the Future One. We had Back to the Future Two. We had a whole bunch of films, but 
those were the ones that really stood out. And uh, Teen Wolf, <laughs> which is another Michael J. Fox film. Terrible film. But I was so infatuated by these three films, especially Back to the Future 2 and, and Teen Wolf mm. at that time. Mm. And I would come back from school, get me a packet of hula hoops, a Ribena, strawberry Ribena, and then I would grab was a strawberry tape. strawberry Ribena out then? I only remember yeah. the purple one. Yeah, and then I would just grab a grab a, a tape and then just go, oh, go and watch it and just chill see, out. that's so sounds so perfect and teen wolf was one of those films where like i was so into it to the point where i wanted to become a werewolf wow okay and i remember i must have told you this one time where <laughs> where i was in, i was in our living room and i was just staring out at the moon oh god and, and i just i was staring at the moon and i went please moon please turn me into a werewolf and i then, love that then, what would you do if you well, were my a mom werewolf? came in and was like what are you doing nothing no what <laughs> <laughs> Praying, praying to the moon that I want to be a werewolf, Uh, (laughs) and um, uh, but I just wanted to be Michael J. Fox, and and also at that time, like I I vaguely remember um, his sitcom Family Ties being on as well, and so for me, I just at an early age, it was him, Michael Jackson as well. Like I wanted to be Michael Jackson. I just loved that whole idea of even to this day, like Michael Jackson. I'll watch his videos, and even though I know how it's done, I'll be like, God, that's like magic. (laughs) That's like, but a lot of people. I think there was a lot of people. Yeah, like that's. Just, like, that's I remember just, watching those just, movies yeah. and being like, "That's just wow. magic." Yeah, yeah. And um, what else did I see him in that I used to love? Who, Michael Jackson? Mm, mm, not Michael Jackson. Oh, I thought we were sorry. <laughs> no, no, I'm talking Michael Jackson. I had Michael J. Fox. Just all the Michaels. I can't keep up, okay? <laughs> but um, but those two, and also um, see, Michael Jackson was the first ever tape cassette. That I bought from my brother, like it was oh. his birthday, and I remember going with with my mum. I think it must have been HMV or something similar. Yeah, probably in yeah. Norwich. Yeah, and there was what the was t- the other one? There was an uh, or a Virgin Megastore. It might have been. Yeah. I don't know what was in Norwich in those days. It might have been a local thing. Yeah, yeah. And it was the choice between the Power Rangers soundtrack, <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or Michael Jackson. Or Michael Jackson. And oh, I was so glad we got the Michael Jackson one. Yeah, I mean. yeah. I mean, Michael Jackson was one of my. First album. I think the first album that I ever got was um, that I bought with my own with my own stuff was um, Oasis. What's the story? Morning Glory. That was I was a big. Well, that's see, that's quite later on in life. It was yeah yeah it was yeah it was about it was ninety five I think. Yeah, that is quite a bit later on. Yeah, yeah, so Wonderwall reminds me, I would say, of my brother as well, because we'd sing those songs. But Michael Jackson, it was just, yeah, I mean, that's all we listened to. I mean, to. we had Moonwalker, I believe, in the off-license as well, because I used to watch that all the time. I, I think I wore it out the amount of times that I would watch it. And yeah, I just I just believed that Michael Jackson was magic. And I just thought, oh my God, it'd be so amazing to be magic like that. And, and Michael J. Fox. Michael J. Fox, I think, is... And it's a real shame about what's happened to him now with Parkinson's and everything... But I think his comedic timing is so underrated. Yeah. And I suppose in a lot of ways, Michael J. Fox... But he's doing great. He's still working. He's still working. He's just yeah, undesignated yeah. survivor. Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. Curb your enthusiasm. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, Michael J. Fox, Will Smith, Jim Carrey. Oh, those Jim. That career trajectory was what I sort of yeah. wanted myself. I always thought to myself, okay, I'm going to be on a sitcom and then I'm going to do movies. That's the natural way to do things. And that's not how, you know, it, like, ever, <laughs> it ever happens anymore, really. And, like, the vast majority of sitcom stars don't go on to be successful movie stars. But people like Will Smith did it. And, like, Jim Carrey to a certain extent, because he was on um, the sketch show, was it? In Living Colour. He is, for me, one of... Who? Jim Carrey. Yeah. He's up there with the top. For me, if my if I had to pick top five or ten, he was hands down. As in, there. as in my all time greatest actor. 
genuinely. Okay. In terms of just what he... I mean, I think what he does with comedy is incredible. Have you seen him in Eternal Sunshine of a Spot? I have, yeah, which I, I enjoyed very much, yeah. But then other films I've seen where he's done the dramatic performances, I've not been that big a fan of. Man in the Moon I liked, actually. If you're hearing this, Jim, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, let's Just talk about. What <laughs> let's, let's yeah, talk I mean, about... Like, to be honest, I only, yeah, fine, I, okay, I get that. Yeah. But, but I, just I mean, I, I, so... I think his comedy was incredible. As an Ace Ventura, The Mask, The Mask. I mean, this was a like, guy who who else now can you name that could have done that? Exactly, and and what he did, and he was a guy who was having like for a little while hit after hit because it was Ace Ventura. I think it was um, Dumb and Dumber, The Mask. And then I think Ace Ventura 2 or whatever. Liar, Liar as well. Oh, like, all, all, all of them, And then The Truman Show. All of that kind of came in like within the space of a few years. He was just having like hit after hit after hit. But it's not just the content that's within the movie. If you watch outtakes and stuff like that, like what he can do yeah, in terms do. of improvisation. Yeah, I agree. And the fearlessness of it. Yeah. I don't know any... Well, no, I, I, I can't think of anyone that off the top of my head that I have seen that kind of footage that's that fearless. Yeah, fearless. Yeah, you're right. Maybe Robin Williams, actually. Yeah, yeah Robin Williams would be up there as well. 100%. Although I, I think I prefer Robin Williams' dramatic work to his... One hour photo. Stuff. Have you seen One that? hour, oh my wow. God. So creepy. So I'm creepy. <laughs> so creepy. Um, but like, yeah, I, Robin Williams is someone who I think says so much through his eyes. But he was so endearing, I think, a performance all the time. You should watch some of his really, really early stuff. Like, real early stuff. Like, oh, I can't remember what it was I was watching now. Um, is it his stand-up or... I can't remember. See, I, was, I wasn't a big fan of his stand-up. But really? Yeah, the bits oh, that I saw. I loved it. I mean, it. What, I can, what I can appreciate is how he would just seemingly ad-lib so much. The, right? I, that's what I mean. It's the which improvisation is element of yeah, it. Which is incredible. so clever. But if saying. you watch, there is a particular... Maybe he, it was rehearsed, I don't know, but there is a particular um, stand-up of his and I can't remember what year it's from. Well, I'll tell you a good one is the one where he's getting interviewed um, at the actor studio and the um, presenter asks him to, to improv something and he finds a scarf that a lady is wearing. That's the, scarf, that's the one I'm talking about. Which is hilarious. Yeah, Sorry, starts, that I, I lied. That yeah. is the one I'm talking about. Yeah, that's about. the actor studio one. He yeah, yeah. is, but I'm he's sure so, I've... It's so funny. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing at the fact that he, he somehow manages... To play, he plays like all these different parts. It's crazy. Like a, a Muslim woman. <laughs> like, I think he's playing like a, a, you know, a Jewish guy at one point or something. A priest, uh, you know, all this stuff. He's doing all these different impressions and it's just... It's like, wow, your mind is working so quickly right But that's now. an eye for detail. Like, how yeah. much has he watched someone? Yeah, 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 yeah. To, to know that, the le- that you know, I couldn't just mm. all of a sudden start impersonating a rabbi and then, uh, yeah. you know, on, all give, the... give it a shot. No. <laughs> I am, that will, man, no. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's yeah. sh- surely people watching. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. And just, yeah, I guess his mind just worked differently, I suppose. Also, I loved Morgan Mindy, so. <laughs> yeah, Morgan Mindy was great. Morgan Mindy was great. Uh, I used to watch that as well. Um, let's talk about when we when we first met. You and I. <laughs> Do we want to go there? Because that was not. <laughs> so we um, we first met. I guess technically we met in two thousand and eleven because we did a job that was that started the first week of twenty twelve. So did we meet? When did we meet in two thousand eleven? We did the reading for it. Do you remember before Christmas? Look, it was a it was a difficult time, <laughs> and I tried to have. 
God, I must have just... I was a recent graduate then. Oh. Yeah, I think, I think this is one of your first jobs, right? I think. Because I don't... No, think... I just filmed... I had filmed Stella. You had filmed Stella, but it hadn't come out, I think. It hadn't come out at that right, point. Right, okay, fine, yeah. yeah. Um, I think I'd played Puss in Boots somewhere. <laughs> oh, maybe. <laughs> Derby somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it was... Um, I mean, the job that we did, it was it was a two-week gig. It felt like it was eight months, but it was it was only a two two-week gig, one-week rehearsal, <laughs> one-week performance. But, I mean, it's comfortably... Uh, we're not going to mention any names or anything like that, but it's comfortably like one of my worst jobs that I think I've ever done. And you don't have to say if it was one it of yours was, or not. It was it was really traumatic. It was a it was a diff- <laughs> it was a really difficult genuinely, job. and I don't use that word lightly, yeah. but it just. I mean, we had a guy with one eye and an eye patch <laughs> so, <laughs> so, break into the dressing room. So this is when we started performing. <laughs> And the, the setup to this is actually quite funny as well because this this random guy came into your dressing room or try or knocked in your dressing room to ask where the staircase was or the toilets or something uh, something like that. Yeah. But if you open our dressing room door and look outside, they're right there. Yeah, <laughs> but but we we later found out that he was essentially scouting the place to figure out what he can steal. Yeah, and this was on a, a two show day, and then as we're doing the first show was when he came back and took all the items Pilfered from... everything out of them. Out of the, the girls' uh, dressing room. And not just, you know, small things. I had a £1,500 MacBook Mac, Pro. Yeah, yeah. I had a brand new iPhone. The yeah. girls had new iPhones. Like, yeah. you know, come on, it was horrendous. Yeah. And we had to go on and do another show. Yeah, that. yeah. Well, I remember when uh, the first show was done and then you girls came into to our dressing room. Like, all right, guys, come on. Yeah, like, oh, no. What? Was like, so naive. Come on. Who's give, got them? Give, who's yeah, who's got them? Up? Give it back. <laughs> what are you talking about? We don't know. And then obviously we, we later found out that this um, this random guy with the eye patch, the pirate, came the back. pirate. Came back. And uh, yeah, took all those things. And that was, I mean, that was towards the end of the week of performances, I think. I think we had maybe one more day or two more days or something left. And that wasn't the only bad thing that happened during the during the run. There were so many little things that happened. I mean, going when on you're with... asked to wear a dirty sheet out the back of someone's van <laughs> with a hole cut out the top yeah, as part of which your is costume. One of, one of your costumes, yeah. That's never been washed. Yeah. You was, know things was, ain't going to go well. Close, yeah. <laughs> well, for me, it was when um, our costumes weren't washed until the morning of the Wednesday or something with not enough time for them to dry. Oh, so I went on yeah. stage with damp Damp wet, Damp, wet clothes. Wet yeah, it was disgusting. It was just, it was just a horrible job. And I remember going, uh, going back to that theatre quite a few months later for um, an audition because the play that we did was done by an external company that was brought in by this theatre. Yeah. And so when I came back to to the theatre to audition for a play, they said, "Oh, you've worked here before doing this play." I said, "Yeah." I said, "How was that?" I said, "It was, it was awful." <laughs> like what? Yeah, I mean that was the third theft <laughs> yeah. in a row yeah, of that yeah. theatre. And I said it was it was absolutely awful, and I I sort of you know regurgitated all my <laughs> all my qualms about working with this company, and then um, the director who was doing the the audition was also the um, artistic director of the theatre. She said, you know what, we heard so many bad things about that company even before we hired them, and we took a chance on them, and it was just as bad as. We thought they might be, and yeah, I'm so sorry. I'm like, yeah, you should be. Should well, be. I mean, I think um, the the union will go in. Yeah, that, yeah. Funny yeah. enough, the very next day after all of that, there to to talk about. I mean, but like, well, God, I felt so sorry because one of the actors' notes was, "That's bad acting." <laughs> Everybody, what he's just done there is bad acting. <laughs> yeah. Don't do it like that. And I'm like, when you're telling people outright that that's bad acting, it, it wasn't the most tactful directing that I've ever I've ever seen. But the funniest thing is, like. This is a, an industry where, you know, relationships, friendships are, are so fleeting 
we go from one job to the other. So we're effectively forming new friendships with each each job. You come like and, a weird little family. I think yeah. Johnny Depp said it. Um, you become like a weird circus family, like yeah, you circus do. Family, yeah, you, you become so close, like your best friend. You're gonna see each other every day after that. Yeah, and then the job ends and you don't. And you don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so it is quite rare that you uh, build lasting friendships. Yeah, you build lasting <laughs> friendships and stuff. And and you know we we've stayed in touch you know regularly for. I mean, we all have a WhatsApp group that's been going on for six years. <laughs> yeah, now. I mean, it's, it's sort of you know now it's sort of like uh, fizzled out a bit. Fizzled out a fair bit. Every so often. There'll be a message saying, you know, a happy birthday. Let's, let's meet up, guys. <laughs> and then and it just dies down. I still no, see no everyone. Yeah. But like some of the actors, you know, don't live in London and whatever. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's always tough. But it is it is quite nice thinking, oh, yeah, yeah it's a friendship that's lasted a, a long time. Whatever. I mean, if you're bonding over trauma like that, <laughs> you're either going to hate each other or you're going to become best mates. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was one of your, um, that must have been one of your first theatre gigs. No, like I said, I had done Puss, Puss in Boots. Boots, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My career-defining role. <laughs> That opened up every single door for me <laughs> yeah, ever since. You started Stella. Did you think to yourself, okay, you know what? I've this is it. This is it for me. I've made it. Because it's 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 a, it's a Ruth Jones show. She had just come off the back of oh, yeah, Gavin and Spacey. Oh yeah, it was an amazing series. Great big character. big Sky One show as well. Yeah, kind of. I think so. But that was at a time where there weren't that many opportunities for someone like me. Mm. But I worked. I've worked pretty consistently since yeah, then. But at the time, yeah. like how there are now, there's yeah. so many opportunities, and I find myself in the first time ever being like, say no to stuff because I yeah. can't, you know, fit some stuff in or whatever. And I'm actually saying no. But if those opportunities were around those, then I probably would have been working every single week. Yeah. But I do it, and I it did open up all the doors. Most a lot of a lot doors, of doors for me. For you, like yeah. it, re- it really did. Mm. And without that, I don't know if I would. To have the career that I have now, to be honest. What was the um, the most important thing you learnt working on that set? Being free, I think. Mm. Because I, I personally don't think, in the particular in- institute that I went to, that the, the, the camera acting was taught that well. So I was so scared to move on camera. And actually, you can be a bit more free than you think you can. And it's just about connecting the thoughts. And I think that was it. It was really just be the character and tell the truth. I find And um, listening, like listening is such an important listening thing. Listening is important. Like, oh, I think man, sometimes yeah. a lot of actors do this thing where they'll say their line and then just wait to say their line say again. Say their line, that's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, without I've, I've, nothing in between. Yeah, I mean, I've fallen into that trap loads of times. I mean, I, I remember um, my first TV gig was uh, The Bill. Oh, wow. Way, way back when. That was um, 2008 or 2009, something like that. It was you know, a long time ago. And um, God, you're old. I know, yeah. <laughs> and I remember, I remember at the time, there was an actor that I was doing a lot of my scenes with who was a, a regular on the show. And I don't know why he did this. Maybe it was genuine, I don't know. But he just goes, um, uh, do you know what, mate? I, I like what you're doing. I said, oh, cheers. Oh, that's he goes, nice. No, well, no, hear me out. He goes, um, I like what you're doing. I said, oh, cheers, thanks. He goes, um, do you know what? Leave it with me. I said, what? Leave, leave what with me? Like, what are you saying? I don't know. I don't understand. I don't understand these cryptic clues. He goes, um, I reckon in a couple of months, I reckon we can get you back to be a regular. Oh wow, and that that oh, gets wow. you excited. Yeah, and, it, and yeah, I mean, to me, I'm. It was never on my. Um, my my list of things that I want to do, you know, be a regular on the bill. What but... I would have so have done the bill, <laughs> so the bill and Brookside. <laughs> I love. I love Brookside as well. I, I I enjoyed Brookside quite a bit. And come but on, Bill. The Bill was big. It was big, but I think at the point that I was doing it, it was teetering out. It was teetering out quite a bit, yeah. And I thought to myself, oh wow, that's 
Okay, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty cool. It's but a then, confidence boost. Yeah, it's a confidence boost. Yeah, but then I watched the episode and I was like, my God, what the hell am I doing? <laughs> what is, why is my face making those... Can we take this the, footage out anywhere? Yeah, why is my face making those... <laughs> shapes. Yeah, those shapes. Oh, yeah. like, listen, don't it's get like, me wrong. There's stuff that I've looked back on I've been like, what, yeah. wow, yeah. okay, there's like it's, being a bit more free and then there's just like... Yeah, yeah. Doing I, every emotion you can with your yeah, face. I think... I think I think um, the Jim Carrey influence was influencing me a lot in that, <laughs> that build performance because I was. You gotta pick and like, choose those moments. Already then, <laughs> just <laughs> moving my face around so much, oh. and it was it was just too much. And it's taken me a long time because I'd done like little bits and pieces of TV, like little day player parts and stuff. But it's taken me a long time to for me to really get used to not doing that much on camera and still conveying the emotion, but not. Doing like a theatrical face. I mean, but yeah. is that just training and experience? Yeah, it's just, yeah, experience, yeah. Um, yeah, but some people can do so little that I'm like, yeah. I don't know what you're <laughs> what you're there. What you're trying to convey. What you're yeah. even yeah, trying to convey there. Because it's yeah, so, yeah. I don't know, in some people's words, natural that yeah. it's pa- passive, I guess. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of in the middle. I don't yeah. really. What was it like working with Ruth Jones? Because. Because she, um, she she wrote the show as well, right? Stella? She wrote it, yeah. She yeah. is amazing. Yeah. I owe her a lot, and yeah. I love her to bits. I think, I think she. It was so crazy for me to read some, a character that had been written that was so similar to to an actual life that I had led as a British mm-hmm. Asian young girl, where mm. I did fancy young boys, I did have crushes, mm-hmm. I did do silly things, I did go out drinking. Yeah. And a lot of people were shying away from writing those kind of characters. And I, I, honestly, I remember reading it and I said to my mate at the time, oh, I feel like she had followed me around as a 16-year-old and knew ex- what I had been what like, through, yeah. who was a bit geeky, but also a bit, you know, like crazy and out there and, mm-hmm. and trying to impress, but never quite getting it right and a bit wild and, and whatever. And mm-hmm. I just thought, wow, wow, wow. And I remember mm. reading it and my heart exploding because I was like, I just knew it was one of the few roles that I've ever wrote where I just knew that this this was going to be mine. Because in my mind, I couldn't picture anyone else doing it other than me. I've right. had a few experiences like that and I have ended up getting the, the job. Yeah, but yeah. it was perfect. Mm. And she was great and she'd give you tips on set. And I was really nervous though. I remember being really nervous around her in the first series. Yeah, you would just, be, I suppose, yeah. You don't want to mess it up and become across like you're not a great actress. Yeah, yeah. She'd just say, okay, just, you can turn that bit down a bit. Right, or, right. you know, you know, whatever. And you can only be thankful for that. Yeah. I mean, you left after season two, right? The show. I did one, two. I, and you came back for five. Fa- uh, mm. Five, four mm-hmm. or five. I can't remember. Yeah, because I went off and did, I wanted to explore other, other avenues. Right, so I could right. have done it, but I wanted to just do other bits and I ended up doing other acting yeah, you did, yeah. TV stuff instead. So yeah. that was great. It was all great. And then I was lucky enough to be asked to go back and I, I felt like, yeah, now's the right time. And yeah. It was lovely. It was really nice going back. In, um, I remember a story that you told me. I think this was when you were doing In the Club, actually. But like, every so often when and you know a lot of actors do this is you know, you're working like a maybe a part-time job or a promo job or whatever in between certain acting jobs oh yeah it was so <laughs> i mean first of all what's the worst uh, what's the worst part-time job you you've done in between acting i mean how long have you got <laughs> I used to be a massage girl yeah. who used to go to nightclubs in London, yeah. not sordid or anything yeah, like yeah, that, yeah, yeah. and do massage. I, I remember you telling me this, yeah. And you're this like young 19-year-old or yeah. whatever, 20-year-old. Yeah. 
again, this is when no, I didn't have an iPhone or anything like that. Yeah. Finding the right route home wasn't that easy. You'd have to write everything down on paper. Yeah. I'd even okay. have to draw a hand map of which street to turn on to see where that bus stop would be. Like, you know, I hadn't yeah. lived in London before. And I'd go from Walthamstow after living with this psycho <laughs> who stalked me. Enough. That's another story. That's another story. And then I'd have to get, go into town. <laughs> Yeah. Do massages yeah. to people who are off their heads, who treat you like absolute crap. You know, lechy men who was just horrible to you, and yeah. like chuck money. And it was this thing where you, you, they could pay whatever they wanted. Right, so you okay. do this like twenty minute massage, and someone would give you a pound. Oh wow! And you had to pay a shift fee, so you'd have to pay like a hundred pounds to work in the oh, first Jesus. place. And anything on top of that was yours to keep. Right. Oh man, that was up there. Wow. That was up there. But the funniest experience was also in the club had just come out on the, I can't remember whatever date it was, but the next day I was doing my last ever shift of something. Anyway, promo, whatever, promo, which, yeah, you yeah. know, you, you do what you can to make ends meet. Sure. I, I didn't, that doesn't bother me at all. Mm. But I had never, I, I didn't realise how big in the club was going to be off the first step or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was stood with a little ice cream hat on, with a little <laughs> pinafore, with the tray of ice cream, stood outside an ice cream van handing out ice cream. Ice cream samples, yeah. And all day I'd said to my manager, it's all right if I just stay back in the yeah, back because, yeah. you know, I've done this thing and, and I'm just a little bit apprehensive of what. <laughs> what in case I get recognised, I'm not sure how I would deal with that yeah. in this situation. And then the last half an hour of the shift, they were like, look, guys, we've got loads of ice cream to get rid of. You need to get out the front, you need to hand them out. The minute I stood outside, <laughs> <laughs> And this group of women came up to me and they were like, oh my God, we saw you in the thing. And it was all amazing. And then they just, all of a sudden just stopped. And had actually then like 10 minutes into it, clocked what I was wearing and what I was doing. And they're like, why are you doing that? (laughs) And I'm like... Uh, and you know, like yeah. you just don't know what, don't to, know say. what to say. Yeah. But like, look, like I've done other stuff, and like I've yeah. gone back to do different things, like working in a nightclub was another one. And mm-hmm. someone was just like, "Oh my god, I loved you on that show. What? Why are you here?" Yeah. <laughs> one woman actually said, "Oh, what's happened to your career?" Oh my god. Oh uh, yes, people oh can be brutal. Yeah. They were like, "Oh, it must be hard being an actress." Oh jeez. Yeah, that was the worst one, worst one. What happened to your career? <laughs> that's, that's pretty I was like, bad. just kick me in my head <laughs> while you're right, mate. <laughs> I mean, I, I really liked In the Club season one. I haven't seen season two. Because that's the kind of friend you are. <laughs> no, 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 actually, no, it's not because I, I actually love season one Don't so much. Play no, 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 no. This... Wh- right, there is no logic. Can I just, for the record, <laughs> who, who in their right mind says, do you know what? Back, season back one was so good. I ain't gonna watch season two. <laughs> no, it wrapped up so nicely. Because I don't want to ruin it. No, it Who wrapped, does that? It wrapped up so nicely that I thought to myself, you know what? I don't need to watch season two. Shut up. <laughs> I don't need to watch it. Don't even try and get it. There's no that. way. That, I, I, don't, I don't think it would be as good as season one. Was it? Was it good? Better? Loved it. <laughs> no, I actually loved right. it. I got to play something right. that was so different. You were a lead in season one anyway. Was your part bigger in season two or the same? Oh, I can't even remember now. Same. Yeah, same. I like, it was a good show, though. It was a great show. Really cool cast. No, I enjoyed it. What were your experiences like working on it? Absolutely amazing. I loved it. It was fun. It was great because actually a lot of men would stop me and say, yeah. I liked watching that show. Yeah. I didn't think I would, blah, blah, blah. And the missus made me watch it or whatever. And yeah. I'm really into it. And I was yeah, like, well, I, I... rightly so. The, me- the male parts in this are also... Um, I thought it was nice to see, for example, like to see the softer side of how they cope with raising children mm. and the effects that it has on them as well in a two-way yeah. relationship. Yes. 
you know, for example, my character's husband, Dev, and how he deals with my force of nature, how he could support me and how he felt vulnerable as well. But there were so many different facets of it. And I felt like it was a real team that everybody was in it together to tell the story Mm. because a lot of it was about friendship and how these friendships are built around having children, which, you know, is a massive part of people's lives. It's the ultimate creation. There's nothing cheesy or cringe about that. That Mm. is life. We people give birth, people raise the next generation. Mm. Why not write about something like that and everything that it entails? It was very well written. And actually in the second series, I got, my character had a condition that was quite rare that a lot of people haven't talked um, spoke about oh now you're going to ask me what it is and I can't remember <laughs> I can't remember <laughs> I was going to ask you what it was yeah. um, and a lot of people related to that you know and it's, it's still the show now um, I think preeclampsia it's... I think that's what it was I had ah uh, okay yeah, yeah I've heard of that actually loads of women suffer with that yeah no, actually I my cousin ended up suffering with it when I was doing the series the series was out right right and it's horrendous yeah. and it can be life-threatening to, to the mother and the baby and it also showed the effect of that on the, the and the whole family i got the, you got to see the effect on it on my whole family the extended family yeah and i you know they did research with with um people at the leeds general infirmary and they mm-hmm. got real information from them and stuff like that so we did it all well researched and yeah. stuff and when i actually when i got to do that birthing scene this is crazy it was in an actual ward mm. for a short amount of time and with the real nurses oh, wow. and stuff so that when they're getting hooked up it's yeah. actual real nurses, real nurses hooking me up well, that's awesome it's crazy yeah i think when um season one came out i feel like i watched that in new york was i in new york when that happened when that I, I remember out? i came out to see stay with you for 10 nights you did yeah but um in the club was already done by then i think I'm, yes i'm sure maybe. i'd, I'm yeah, sure yeah, I'd yeah, already yeah, seen yeah. all of it so uh, was that so was season one on at the same time that you do in east is east yeah yeah, it was great because oh. I'd gone from that and then doing East is East and a lot. Well, that's of pretty came. awesome. Isn't it? That's pretty awesome to have a TV show on and be, be in the West End at the same time. Yeah, it was great because they were both. What was great is the fact that there were two really different characters. So I'd yeah, gone from yeah. playing a young mom mm. who's going through these life-threatening conditions to playing a fifteen-year-old girl yes. in the seventies. It was amazing. I was so that was such a great time. Yeah, that was such a great time. Yeah, one of my highlights imagine. actually, I would say. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, a lot yeah. of people come off the back of seeing your work and stuff, and it was really nice because mm. I felt like oh, I've got something else to share with people. Also, what nice is. And then I didn't work for nine months. Was <laughs> 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 Quite nice. <laughs> Isn't that mad though that you could be doing like this, doing, you yeah, this exactly, and this, yeah. and this, and then you don't work for And then you don't months. work for ages. Because you're yeah. getting down to literally, it was like the last two tip for everything. Everything, yeah. So I need to stop using the word literal in the wrong, just for everything, Context. yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's just, it was mad because you just expect to work. You just yeah. think, I am going to work. Yeah, you do. And then you, you don't. Do. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, of course you do. maybe yeah. I ain't. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is how, because um, I, I used to work for the NHS. Five years. God, do you remember you used to work there? Know, you used to go, the same, you'd right? do like acting during the day, or and then you'd go. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I mean it was a nightmare because like I would do theatre jobs, and because my NHS job was, they only needed me to do thirty hours a week, which is quite a lot. Which is quite a lot. I mean, it's, it's almost full time. Yeah, NHS, if you're wanting to do it, actually. <laughs> yeah, and it was tough only because like for example, when I would do a theatre job, I would more often than not pull in a few hours at the hospital before rehearsals then go to rehearsals, then come back and then go back to the hospital in the evening, do a few more hours, yeah. then go back yeah. home. And I would be trying to use all these hours because I didn't want to waste all my holiday days mm. just for rehearsal. Mm. It was just a, it was just a nightmare. And then got the gig on Broadway for six months and I'm like, okay, you know what? I can take some time off the hospital. 
I'm not going to commute from New York to London. <laughs> so, uh, that was a long time. Yeah, yeah. so uh, left that and then I hadn't officially left. And then when I came back, I got this BBC miniseries and I was like, you know what? You made it. I'm good to go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm handing in my notice, this please. This is me. This <laughs> yeah. is me. Yeah. And um, I mean, what's, what's been quite nice, I mean, I've had to save a lot of money just to make sure that in times where I'm not working as much or whatever... I'm still, I'm still yeah, okay. Yeah, I did that and then I spent it all. And then you spent it all. <laughs> like, true story, folks. If yeah. you ever earn a lot of money, yeah. don't spend it all. Just save, just save I as much just, as you can. I had a great time, though. Yeah. <laughs> I had a really great yeah. time. I mean, I, I, mean, I would never do that again. I've been quite lucky in the sense that I've just, since uh, 2014, so for four years now, I've just done acting work. Which is good, oh. but at the same time, it's like. Bloody, bloody um, <laughs> but at the same time, it's like, at least with the hospital job, I knew every month I've got that paycheck coming in. Yeah. And it was just so nice and reassuring. Okay, I've got that money coming in, it's all good. Now I'm just like, <laughs> with my pennies at the shop. Just trying to count all the pennies to make sure I don't overspend and stuff. So it is a bit of a tough one, but quite lucky in the sense that I haven't had to do any like really excruciating part-time jobs i used to work at hamley's toy shop beforehand which is quite a fun place to work at in terms of retail hamley's employee of the month employee of the month in my first month uh... <laughs> no i've done loads but do you know yeah. what i just don't really care so much now i mean yeah, i suppose at the time yeah. i did but i don't care it's just, it's like just i just i think life, it comes from it? Get, yeah and getting a bit older and it just doesn't bother me. If I don't wear for two months, whatever, I'll go and do something else. Exactly. Promo. I just know we, if you have the faith that you will always work at some point, it really doesn't matter. Yeah. I didn't have that level of kind of competition, I suppose, what I felt like all the time. Like, what's that actress doing? What are yeah, they doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I really don't even, I mean, it's fine. Like, if I lose out, which I do a lot, I'll lose out on stuff. I just... Yeah. I'm like, so it's just, it's just, my time will come around to Just the way the business else. works, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. Otherwise, you can become very bitter, and yeah. that's all you focus on, and it's there true. is so much more in life to, to focus on. Yeah. Have you, um, have you ever encountered any kind of racism in the industry? Yes, I was, well, I don't know if it's racism or just prejudice or if they're the same thing. Mm. I, I, I did a... I don't know if I should talk about it really. Well, you don't have to say any names or anything. A show, and I was left off all the um, DVD covers and things like that, and I was oh, told yeah. it was for um, aesthetic reasons and visual impact. Mm, mm, mm. Even though I was one of the main characters in that show. And I yeah, thought, oh, okay. Yeah. My brown face can't sell, a, <laughs> yeah. can't sell a DVD. Yeah, I remember that happening, actually. I was, I was angry. It was, I was really angry about yeah. that, and I still am angry about that, and that mm. will be something I will do with at the right time. To be told that as well, mm. I'm like, are you for real? Because I'll tell you now that I have people who, who will come up to me and say, I love that character. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. My, and they're not my ethnicity yeah, yeah someone yeah. just related to that character regardless mm. and so i think that was a stupid stupid thing for yeah. someone to have done and to, to have said but then i thought mm. you know what at least you're honest about it because now i have that and one day i will bring that up so if someone says to me oh you know i get a lot of people saying oh god i can't lost out to someone who's because of all this diversity stuff and i'm like you have no idea <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah don't even get me started <laughs> yeah I, I have English friends telling me, oh, oh, I didn't get it because they've gone, they've gone black with that or they've gone oh, Asian yeah. with that. I'm like, what do you mean they've gone? Yeah. Do you mean they've just gone for somebody who might have been better than mm-hmm. you? Instead mm. of using a race card, the, the maybe race card, they yeah. just happened to be somebody who was of better. a colour. Yeah. 
who was just better for the part. You can't blame it yeah. on their race. That's, yeah, exactly. Which I feel I seem to be having this conversation with with people. Mm. And I and you know there was one particular friend of mine, an actor, who was like. I mean, I'm just sick of it. Fine, okay, shoo someone in, but at least, God, can't they at least be good? The amount of stuff I've seen now where they're not even that good, and I'm like, but would you be noticing that if they weren't? Right, Do you do that and go to a show where somebody, or or cast or Caucasian, and say, oh, God, they shouldn't have been casting that guy because he was... bad. He would say, oh, just because he was a bad actor, Mm -hmm. but they're Mm -hmm. specifically calling Calling it out out on the the race. the race, yeah. And mm. saying, oh, they've just shooed them in. Mm. Well, you wouldn't say that if they weren't. Yeah. And I, and I find it really infuriating. At the same time, I just, you know, what can you do? There is a debate happening. And, you know, as long as we keep pushing through the barriers. Exactly, yeah. I mean, I've, I've only had one time. I, I wouldn't even say it was, I don't even know if it was racism or not, to be honest. But I was doing a theatre gig and it was, it was Shakespeare, which, as you know, I'm not a huge fan of anyway. But it was Shakespeare, <laughs> Billy Shakes. Uh, it was Shakespeare. And I remember on the first day, uh, the, the read-through, it was a huge cast, a big cast of maybe 25 or something. And in that read-through uh, room, there was altogether maybe 50 or 60 people. There were a lot of people from all the different departments there. And, uh, you know, I'm just sort of keeping to myself, whatever, all of that stuff. And just had a couple of lines here and there. Did it. <sighs> Sigh of relief. And I looked up and I just scanned the room. And it was like... Um, it, it was like uh, it was like get out. It was, it was, <laughs> I just noticed that every single person in that room was white, and that that wasn't the, the racist element to it. But I realized I thought the thing that went through my head, like I actually literally said it to myself in my head, was, "Oh, huh. oh, I'm the ethnic token." It just made me feel like really kind of depressed because mm. it was the first time in in an acting capacity or even any work capacity. That I was so fully aware of my color, like yeah. just sort of realizing, oh, oh, I see. And was that? I mean, now when that happens to me, which it still does, last week was uh, last week or the week before was a prime yeah. example. Yeah. And um, it's un- is it just unconscious? I mean, bias? Do you have to wipe the table as we do? I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. My SED's kicking. I feel I just spotted Jesus. a greasy patch. I was like, I'm gonna clean that. <laughs> 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 I read this great equity article in one of their magazines about uncon- unconscious bias. But some people, if you're raised in a, an environment where people are not ethnically diverse or whatever, it, and, and I'm saying even, you know, for example, where there is a lot of ethnic people and maybe not so many English people, white people, whatever, mm. do you just subconsciously, you are just more biased to somebody who is similar to you? And I don't think that's always in a racist way. No, it's not. It's not. It really isn't. I think no. that's just how our mind works. And it's just... It's true. All it is is just making a conscious decision to not constantly go with your unconscious bias. Yeah. And seeing that actually, do you know what? Danny Ashok can play so-and-so in this Shakespeare play. But the fact that they got you in the room is showing that somebody has made, is, taken the initiative nice. yeah. to, to open it up. But it does, yeah. it just you are just made very self-aware of it. Yeah. There was one other incident that happened on that job where um, there was an older actor who I, I thought I got along pretty well with. But during our tech week, we, um, at one point I'm making my entrance. I'm like, you know, just my, my character's coming in and I'm passing a message on to this guy or whatever. And he's downstage. I'm, I'm coming in upstage and he just turns to me. He goes, no, no. <gasps> and he comes up to me, drags me by the arm. And this is in rehearsal. This is in our tech week. Right. So all, all throughout rehearsals, he was actually fine with this arrangement of me coming in upstage and whatever. But suddenly during the tech week, he had a real issue with it. And he you know, t- tugs me by the arm and he's 
essentially dragging me down downstage. There's no, no, I will not look up at you. And what? Yeah, in my head, I'm thinking, hold on, is this the character? Look yeah, but, at you. This is well, this why I wasn't too sure, right? I was like, hold on, is he? For me, I thought, is it because I'm? It's because I'm younger, or because I'm brown? And this was the same job where it's the the full sort of white cast. And I looked at the uh, the director and I said, so do you want to do something about about this? And the director goes, um, yeah, Danny, sweetheart. Um, yeah, maybe you should just come in downstage. All right. Oh, cool. And it was just sad like, okay, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, they were too scared to, to say anything too anyway, but I couldn't help but feel to myself, okay, was this... Was this because of my, my skin colour or is it because of my age? Or what, what was the reason behind it? And what I should have done really was actually gone up to him afterwards and said, What was it? What was that about? Cause, yeah, because a lot of know. people say, Oh, you're looking for a you're looking for it to be yeah, about your race. Yeah, you're, yeah. I hate this thing, you're looking for it to be about your race. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. you're telling me how I shouldn't should be feeling. <laughs> yeah, so that yeah. in itself is <laughs> your true. you're 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 like, you're like kind of silencing me in that yes, way by saying, yeah, Oh, yeah. you're just looking for it. Well actually no, until you're in the issues you don't know. You don't know what yeah. that feels like mm. because that's gonna be your natural knee jerk reaction. Mm. But now I've got to you know what I'm like, I'm pretty <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, I think I, I am now start, as well a bit more I than, think people, we, I, than think I used we, to be. Yeah, it's given us the chance to actually say, actually, do you know what? That isn't right. I don't yeah. feel comfortable with that. Can you have an open discussion with yes, me about yeah, it? Yeah, Instead yeah. of being angry yeah. and just being like, can we can we talk about this? Mm. Whereas before, I think it would have been scared to say that. Yeah. What would you say is your, your favourite job that you've done so far? Moving on. Moving on. Was that the BBC thing? Yeah, it was created by Jimmy McGovern. And my particular episode was written by Tony Ganni and directed by Noreen Kershaw. And it was my first lead role. And I just, even now, I look back on it and I think, oh, I just loved it. I absolutely loved it. I learned everything I, I could have in yeah. terms of acting in that one week. What's, what was this? What was the story in this one? It's the character like where it. I lost all my hair. Ah, and I yeah, lied and said my character oh, lied yes, and yeah, said yeah, I was yes. suffering from cancer yes, because yeah, I was yeah, so yeah. scared to say it was alopecia. But alopecia, and... yes, yeah. Oh, that was very good actually. Yeah, yeah. That, oh, well done. Just... Yeah, that was very good. I mean, I was probably a bit of an asshole on that job, but mm. in terms of what I got, what the director got out of me as an actress and everything, it was just I loved it. I loved the writing. I loved yeah. every aspect of it, and I. I remember saying to Noreen at the time, I learned more in that week than I ever did at three years at drama oh, school wow. in terms of um, screen acting and stuff right. like that. You know, there was one particular note, okay, I want you to be on the phone to your dad, mm. crying, yeah. but you're on the phone to him really happy. So he can't tell that I am but distraught. You're and you're on your own in a room full of people mm. and you've only just graduated from drama school. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And go. Yeah. And and then the other note was, you need to do it for real. There ain't going to be no tear stick or anything like that. Which, oh, yeah, you yeah. know, if you're like... <sighs> 10 shots in, yeah, 10, yeah, 10 takes into a take Stop. and you've still got to do the same kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Listen, if I need just something to get me going, I'm going to use it yes, because yeah, sometimes yeah. it can be really hard. Oh man, it can be. Um, <laughs> I've got a story about that. But you go. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it was just, you just got to dig deep. I tried so many different ways. I got to the fifth take and I wasn't getting it. Mm. And she's, and I was going back to all these different techniques that I thought of and she said, you know what? Why don't you just say the word and be in the moment mm. and just say the words and feel the words yes. and feel this is the most truthful because I was going back to doing like, how can I relate this to a situation that I've been in in the past? And I was trying to subconsciously put it to, which is some stuff that I do. Mm. And I just said the words and it was the most freeing experience of mm. just being in the moment, being free and, and, and doing that. And there was so many different, different aspects of that job that I absolutely adored. Again, I was probably an absolute arsehole yeah. on that job, but. 
then I learned not to be an asshole on <laughs> yeah, my yeah, job, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. you got to go through these things. Yeah. Crying, um, it's weird because, like, for stage shows, I feel like I'm very good at crying. What, is it because like, you're connecting it to a thought? Yeah, I guess so. And, and plus, because you're going from... With you're a play, in, in it, in you're going from A to B, you know, and everything. And it's just so much easier to connect to everything. Whereas with with TV or film, it's it's difficult because you're shooting out of sequence, and so you you're really having to make sure you're in that right place, you know, that right frame of mind and stuff. The two times I've had like a real issue with it, I remember one time there was a, a crying thing in uh, in Capital, and I remember the night before going over my lines and stuff. I was like, tears were just flooding, non-stop, non-stop tears. At one point, I'm looking in the mirror like, yeah. Sometimes <laughs> 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 you don't need to do that yeah, much. <laughs> no, yeah. But it was, it was all free flow and I was like, yeah, this is great. And then got on set and for some reason, the tears just were not coming. And then the makeup girl said, oh, do, do you want to use a tear stick? And then you feel like you're a bad actor because you're like, yeah, oh, you God, do. I can't yeah, do it yeah, for yeah. real. I was like, yeah, yeah, okay, I'll use a tear stick. But the problem was I was wearing my, my contacts. So the tear stick was not doing any any real damage to me, right? Like it wasn't working. And so usually you would just swipe the tear stick just under your eye, right? Just just there, right? Because that wasn't working and because she realized... You put so much on. Oh, yeah, no. she put loads on. And then in the end, because I was barely crying because of my lenses, and what I could have just done was take my lenses off. Paint yourself in the eye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she was literally poking the stick in my eye. That's so dangerous. You're not meant to do that. It's like menthol, like <laughs> no, no, yeah. burning your eye It's like Vicks just rubbing in my eyes. But um, and then yeah, then the tears. And then the dread is like too much. Yeah, Can too, you just too much. Paint in there. What is that smell of uh, Vicks? <laughs> uh, yeah. no, it was a bit too much. But the the worst time for me was you know, and I, I've got so many bad audition stories. But there was, <laughs> we know. <laughs> yeah, but there was uh, one time where I went in for a Colin Farrell film. And it was a really small part. There was nothing to it, really. But the character was featured quite prominently throughout the entire film through, like, flashbacks and whatever. And all I had to do was cry. That's all I had to do. And again, the night before, I'm, like, looking in the mirror. <laughs> before the audition? The night before, yeah, just to make sure I'm, like, I can do it. Right? Oh, just, mate, no. What are you Just doing? to make sure I can do it. And then went into the audition room <laughs> and... I was dry as a bone. Nothing because was coming Because you've up. completely got yourself worked up into a state. No, no. I, I, like, I, I like to do that just to connect to something. Oh so that way God. I know what to connect to, right? So anyway, so then the next the next day I'm at that audition. Dry as a bone. Nothing coming out. And um, casting director's like, it's okay. Take your time. Take your time. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so much time is passing by. And there's literally no tears. Uh, and he goes, um, I'll tell you what, Dan. Just... Um, just go to the back of the room. Just take take a, a couple of minutes. When you're ready, let's, we'll start filming. I said, okay, yeah, sure, sure, sure. I went to the back of the room. I'm like, okay, yeah. Yeah, no, I got, I got it, I got it. Okay, you sure? I said, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Camera, you know, turns on again. Nothing. Oh. I said, sorry, can I just take just a couple more minutes? Said, oh. Yeah, sure, sure. I go to the back of the room. I'm looking for like scissors or something to poke into my eye. <laughs> <laughs> just to stab myself with or something. You know, at one point I'm like... <laughs> Squeezing, squeezing, squeezing the, the tears out, <laughs> and there was absolutely nothing. Nothing came out of my eyes, and it was just like it was so excruciating because I just, I just knew I just messed what it up. What did you say? How did you deal with that then? I don't think I did. I was just like, uh, he goes, um, I think that's that's all. We need. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah, I think that's all we need. Like, oh okay. no, it was, it was but terrible. You know what? Yeah, but you terrible. know what? Like 
Sometimes if it's in a script, I'll do it. If I don't, it just all depends if I can. As long as I, that the truth of it, for me, everything is about the truth. Yeah. The line and truth of the, the situation. Yeah. But, you know, I'm filming a birthing scene. We're 10 hours in of still filming this birthing <laughs> scene. And I've, like, screamed as much as I can scream and done everything that I can do. It gets to that point where I'm like, listen, give me the birthing <laughs> What's um What's the worst thing that's happened on stage for you? Because I, I feel like... <laughs> When bad things happen on stage, I actually, I hate it at the time, but then like months or whatever on, you laugh about it. I laugh about it so much. And I think, God, that, that made that job so special. <laughs> well, but, um, fell off the table twice in Easter's East. Nice. And then it threw me, like one point I got so emotional because there's casting directors in that I was this close to running off stage. Because <laughs> it threw everyone else off as well. Yeah. So everyone was like, we all the boys are frozen because it was the scene where I'm stood on the table. Oh, but the worst bit was when the, the, there's real curry powder and I've got to chuck the curry powder. Oh, yeah. And the curry powder went in my <laughs> eye. And I have to do a scene with... Um, with Nathan, who was playing, I can't remember his character's name, Celine. Yeah. So, um, and he, we were talking to each other on the table, and I couldn't do it. Yeah. Because, I mean, I don't know if you've ever had curry powder in your Funny eye. Funny enough, no, I haven't. It hasn't been on my list that of things to do. Shit burns. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. And, and I'm like laughing and crying <laughs> at the same time. But, and, and I'm doing this thing where I'm like, I'm really blinking hard and like yeah, yeah. the whole audience to get it out. can see that I have got curry powder in my fucking eye and it's like they're kind of really uncomfortable yeah I'm really uncomfortable crying and laughing and trying to say my lines at the same time and it's just oh god it was just awful because what is it you throw it in the air is that what it is I was like throwing it along the floor and then I just one time like threw it up in the air and it just came back came and got back me down. Oh. right in the in my right eye oh and I can god. see that Nathan is looking at me <laughs> <laughs> like every emotion under the sun going through his eyes of like what are we gonna do and I'm like you know like proper Popeye like yeah. arr, 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 like, <laughs> 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 like blinking my eye <laughs> these lines oh my god that's funny that is funny that's, that's probably the worst the, the worst, worst thing. in terms of yeah yeah it's stage experience but yeah. it, it, it's seeing Bob too which is the play that you just finished people up, up north love the humour in the play yeah. obviously it's a dark play and I I remember one day that it was so hard I had to do this you know sex scene or whatever and um, mm. the minute the lights go on they start laughing and they're laughing and we haven't even you can't like you're you're shouting your lines at each other on stage and we're in we're right next to each other we can't even hear each other because they're going that they're laughing that hard why what happened they just find it so funny because they know the film and they and they want they're coming out for a good night and they want it to be fun yeah. for certain certain audiences and um i remember one day i just i just corpsed because <laughs> all i can hear is five to six hundred people Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> With the craziest laughter, and I just end up like I'm watching Bob, the you know my the actors, two actors having sex in the yeah. car while I'm meant to be looking out the window, yeah. and I can't even look at them because the whole situation <laughs> is just absurd. <laughs> yeah. And I just I ended up like putting my hand in my face and I'm laughing my head <laughs> off, and, and these two are laughing, and we all just go because it's. I mean, no one can see that we were doing it because it's just so absurd and you don't expect it to be like that. And there's people like, blah, blah, get stuck in there, like heckling oh you, like outright heckling you on stage. Oh, boy. 
and you know it's just mad and and I just again tears coming out yeah. of my eyes because I'm laughing <laughs> yeah. and I'm just like what I, is this what is life like I, this yeah, is the most I, I love Corpson though I think Corpson is is so funny like <laughs> yeah I think I think it really sort of like those are some of the memories that I always walk you know walk away from like with, with a you know from a theatre job with like the the memories of Corpson like I remember this one job I did where um, there was a scene where one of the actors and it's set in 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 India or wherever, and um, one of the actors is speaking to us, and he's like, uh, "Go, go speak to your best friend." <laughs> but for some reason, he every time he tried to say "best" in this accent, he would say "breast," <laughs> and it wasn't intentional. It was it was a complete mistake. <laughs> right? But he would just say, "Go, go talk to your breast friend." <laughs> and the thing I is, wish I and, and, and at one point, I think um, you know, before a show, or whatever, I pointed it out. As, as like a little joke, like, mate, you keep saying breast friend. <laughs> like, what? No, I don't. I said, yeah, you do. <laughs> and after I said it, the other actor in the scene who was completely not listening to, to the, you know, to this actor sort of cottoned onto it as well. And then the, the actor that was the, the, the guy that was doing this suddenly thought, okay, I, I need to make sure I stop saying that. So when he would do that line, he would slow down. He was, go on, talk to your best friend. <laughs> <laughs> but then one night, Maybe about a week, week after this, uh, me pointing it out to him, he just forgot about it and he just said "breast friend" again. Oh no! And I just lost it, and the yeah. other actor lost it as well. <laughs> I lost it to the point where any stage directions, that any position that I was meant to be in, completely gone. I just went the other way. I just like I just started laughing my head off. Because it was, it was just so funny. It, it was just cracking there's me stuff up. like that because it's live and it's there. There's, it's live, yeah. There's a scene in Rita's Because you costume. know you're not meant to laugh. And then it's and like, that's what makes yeah, it worse. Yeah, it's like giggling. And, but it's when everyone else in the cast clocks. Yeah. But, and, but you all clock the moment, yeah. but no one else in the audience would get. <laughs> and there's a bit where I'm walking off stage as Rita and, and the character Michelle is meant to grab my arm. Yeah. <laughs> she misses and grabs my left ear. <laughs> Look, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Where you are in any capacity, that is that is just funny. Yeah, yeah. And I'm meant to swing around and look at her, and she's facing upstage, and I'm facing downstage, so they can only see me. So she grabs my dick, and I return, look at each other, and I just see the corners of her mouth. And I, I'm meant to stay on stage and deliver my lines. I run off stage, and I deliver my lines off stage. Oh so they're shouting at me off stage to me and I'm shouting back on stage delivering my lines whilst laughing my oh head my off God. and they can clearly hear that I am <laughs> laughing, laughing my head off because it's just and I'm crying oh and crying and then she comes off stage and we're laughing even harder <laughs> and um, and then like to the point where I'm going on the bat going on to do my bow and I'm still laughing <laughs> I mean there was, I remember one show where I, I spoke to an actor his name was Ed I said Ed Make sure there's a there's a standoff between these two gangs, and it's quite a serious moment. And I said to him, uh, it was two armies, sorry, two armies standing off in in a forest or somewhere. And I said to him, Ed, Ed, uh, when we do the standoff tonight, make sure you look at my face. Said, what? What are you gonna do? Said, Never you mind, innit? <laughs> my my plan was to make him corpse. <laughs> and the thing was, the the idiot that I am, the way that we were positioned was that his back was to the audience. My face could be fully seen to the audience, right? <laughs> So when he looks at me, I did my sort of creepy Indian man face right? <laughs> during the standoff. And he, he had a little smile. 
But because I could see him smiling, I cracked up laughing. <laughs> I was laughing my head off whilst this serious discussion is going on. But these Look, we're armies. proper like ruining serious kind of yeah, I don't know, are, actors who are just in the moment all the time. But listen, we're humans. Exactly. And if you yeah. see someone that's going to go, you're going to go. It's like that situation yeah. when you're not meant to laugh and you just laugh even harder. <laughs> you just laugh even harder. I, I remember I wrote a car off once, <laughs> my mum's car, and I was meant to go and tell her. And I told her, and then I just started laughing. <laughs> And I was laughing and laughing. And I was like young. I was like 17, 18 when yeah. I first started driving. And yeah. she was like, and I remember like through tears laughing my head off going, I'm so sorry, mum. I don't know why I'm laughing. And it's like the the nerves of the situation. The of the situation. And like you're in this yeah. heightened reality yes. where yeah. you've got 700 people looking at you yes. doing something, you yeah. know, and, and it just, it is, yeah. you just can crumble under you that can. sometimes you <laughs> we're not machines you know no. when you're seven months in like 100 shows in yeah. or whatever yeah that sometimes you're gonna go yeah that's true you did east is east was what came after east is east was it educating rita in terms of stage work i mean no then i did series two of in the club no but in terms of uh, theater work theater work, yes i was going to do another show which i couldn't do because it collided mm-hmm. um in the club i did that i'm just trying to get my timeline right yeah educating rita educating rita and then yeah. and then rita sue and, and then and bob rita sue and bob yeah. too it's no, funny no, i'm no. name a car rita now it's <laughs> yeah. like i just can't get away from that yeah. name <laughs> I mean, so I mean, they're three you know, very iconic plays for different reasons. Um, yeah, aren't they? they actually, are, yeah, yeah. Now you've mentioned that. Yeah, they are. They're yeah. all. Um, they're all plays that I would have wanted. It's crazy. They're yeah. all things that I envisioned I you said, yeah, in my career that I would, that you would do. do. Yeah. Well, what and was your favourite to do out of the three? I don't have a favourite. No, I really don't. Because Cop out. no, I, I'm sorry, <laughs> but I don't. They all. Look, they're three, three roles that I wanted to do, and I did them, mm. and they, that's for a reason because they're all. I feel like parts that, ev- you know, I mean, someone like me, actress-wise, like, would want it to play. Mm. Mean of an East is East, if you're a British Asian girl, I mean, gosh, that's a part that is just the play, I mean, yeah. is iconic. Rita Sue and Bob 2, Andrew Dunbar was my all-time favourite playwright. You know I have the original copy of Rita Sue and Bob, mm-hmm. of The Arbor, sorry. Right, right. One of the very original copies of that. So she's always been my favourite playwright and I've wanted to be in one of her plays since I was 15. And then um, Educating Rita. Oh, Which is, yeah, I would hope every so. actress at some point in their career would want to play her because yeah, yeah. it's just phenomenal part you know i said earlier on like i i always thought my trajectory would be and um, this has changed like so much but um initially i thought it would be like oh sitcom then then movies mm. and whatever what do you think your trajectory would be or what do you want it to be now like what would you like to do what would the ideal job i be? feel like mine has gone the way i wanted it to go mm. really i yeah. i did started off doing loads of tv and then the last kind of year or so i was like oh do you know what i really want to do some theater i want to get back into do some theater so mm. i've done that so i'm doing exactly what i want to what do. You want to, yeah whether i get the part of something else that i want to go up for is a completely different story yeah that's just the way it is but now i would it's just can just more of what I'm doing, really. You know, yeah. just more of it. And um, if there was an actor that you could work with, present company <laughs> excluded. Um, <laughs> we have actor, just worked together, though. We have, yeah, kind of, yeah. Uh, if there was an actor that you um, had to work with, male or female, who who would you choose? Oh God! That, say I always write down Francis McDormand, one hundred percent. My if there was any character in the world that's like this character or this particular Hmm. um, film that I could play, it would be her character in Fargo. In Fargo, yeah. That, for me, is my all-time favourite female performance Mm. and film 
um, film in its entirety because I just love it. I love mm. the quirkiness of it. It's everything that, you know, you know what I like. I like comedy. I like, yeah. it, it was dark as well. And she's just so real and natural to look at. When I look at her, I feel like she looks like an everyday normal person. Yeah, yeah, she does, yeah. And I feel like that is an attainable image. Yeah. And I like if you look at um, older films and to how people look now, I'm really, really fascinated by people who have a slightly wonky nose or a slightly chipped tooth or <laughs> yeah, yeah. just someone that looks like someone every day. Yes. And she embodies that for me. She does, yeah. And that's why I think I really relate to her characters, even mm. though she's, you know, an older actress or whatever, and she's gone through different things that I haven't gone through. I just, in terms of an, an emotional level and everything, I just really feel everything her character is going mm. through. I do love those kind of faces, like the faces of um, normality, I guess. No, just just people, just everyday people. people. Yeah, that's yeah. what people look like. Michael Shannon is another one. You know Michael Shannon? No, I don't know Michael Shannon. He's in, uh, have you seen The Shape of Water? I haven't seen that yet. You know, he plays like the oh, bad... Oh, I love Sally ba- Hawkins, though. Yeah, the bad guy in that. Sally Hawkins is another one who's great. Michael Shannon, you must have seen him something else. Um, oh, but he's got like a, a face that's kind of like a quirky sort of vibe about it, I suppose. You, you liked Martin Short as well, didn't you? Do you remember I when we went, we went? We got to see... See David Letterman, yeah. How iconic was that? Yeah, So amazing. Danny got to... You got to put in for this lottery to see the David yeah. Letterman well, show. The, the funny thing is, I applied... So I'm, I'm out in New York, I'm doing this job, and I really wanted to see... David Letterman, he was a few months shy of retiring. But But that was his last season. When I first got to New York, I applied for the lottery to get the Letterman tickets. And I failed. I didn't get it, right? And then my good luck came along, and and the day I got there, you got it. Yeah, and then I got it, yeah. And so we went to see David Letterman... um, I just, That's insane. I mean, it's I'm, just such I'm, insane I'm watching his show on Netflix at the moment. Like my next, uh, no, and my next guest is my next guest is yeah. Whatever it's called, yeah. My next guest needs no introduction or something, something like whatever it's <laughs> called. <laughs> whatever the, the David Letterman show on Netflix. <laughs> I'm watching that. I just love, I just love his interview style. Like I just love watching him. And it's weird because I've seen so many earlier clips of him from the 80s and and 90s when he was far more sort of energetic and. And it seemed like he was trying to be what he thought people wanted. Like, just to be, like, really quirky and out there and energetic and whatever. And then, I don't know when it stopped. I think he had, like, triple heart bypass surgery or whatever it was, right? Then after that, he just sort of stayed in the studio. And he almost (laughs) gradually became this sort of grumpy old man almost, right? (laughs) But he was still so um, smart with his humour. And, like, even when we went to see it, you know, he he was the warm up act for his own show like he came up and he was you know doing the questions do you remember like he was doing like a Q&A session oh, with, he was, it was with the an, audience yeah, yeah yeah it was great and then and then I got to see Martin Short Martin Short is actually another one of my sort of heroes as a kid yeah I remember I used, you saying I used to watch Three Amigos Father of the Bride there was a film that he did with Nick Nolte I called that um, film Father uh, three Fugitives. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Such an eighties movie. But um, no, that's probably before my time. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Inner Space. Have you ever seen that with no. Dennis Quaid and Meg Ryan? Again, I mean that that film. I used to love Inner Space because it was the first. Um, it was the first time I ever heard Sam Cooke, who's like to this day one of my favorite singers. And Martin Short, I think, is just such uh, an amazing presence. Just you know, in in everything that he does. And I love the way that, I don't know if you remember, when he came in for the interview, he, um, uh, what's the word? He was on, um, what do you call it when you're uh, the, rigged up and you're, hi, hi, um, you're flying in? Flew called? in, yeah. yeah he flew in, yeah. He flew in singing, uh, I think it was Fly Me to the Moon or Fly something. Me to the moon. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And he came in doing that. 
And I we just... were so excited. We were like yeah. two little school girls. But they get you like that though. Like the people that work on that show, because they leave you. But right like, from the queue, from the minute we queued. Yeah, they're like, all right, guys, we need you to yeah. pumping you up. Yeah, but I was like, up. I don't need this. Yeah. I am so stoked exactly. to be here. I'm like, yeah, my yeah. first time ever in New York. I yes. got to go there first class, which was insane. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which yeah. Was like, you know, God, the most incredible experience of my mm, life. I don't mm, think mm. I'd ever get to do that again yeah, yeah. I loved it yeah. um, free food <laughs> and then got to stay with you in this yeah. amazing apartment yeah, and then we got to see David cousin. Letterman and yeah. then I got to see you on Broadway like, it was yeah. just the most amazing it was it was awesome. surreal experience yeah I was thinking about it the other day actually when we um, <laughs> think our plan was to go to see the Statue of Liberty I think but we froze halfway we froze across the bridge because <laughs> it was so my cold my hair like froze it was freezing it was so cold and then I remember I think we just saw the statue from a real <laughs> distance. <laughs> and we're like, it, that's, that's enough, isn't it? That's enough. <laughs> that's, that's enough. Let's just go back home. <laughs> you couldn't even like, barely it was, make it, it out. It was so the, cold. Through the like mist and fog. It, it was, like, well, it I was freezing. It. Yeah, it was so cold. It was just like I've ridiculous. never... I mean, I've been to Prague in, the, yeah. in like winter and Prague was pretty nippy. Yeah. But that was like... It was terrible. The end of my hair froze. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, New York was such an incredible experience. Time of your life. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. It really was. I remember um, first the first day that I landed there. The next morning, I was I was due to to meet the producer, the director, and um, the writer of of the play that I was doing. And the producer called me the night before, saying, "Yeah, um, meet us on fifty uh, fourth and 7th. I'm like, "Who and what? What?" I had no idea what she was talking <laughs> oh, about because I had no idea of the the grid system of New York. Within a couple of days, it became so easy, and I was like, "Guys, the easiest thing like, to navigate." Yeah, why why doesn't every the subway's not so much, but the system, yeah, the yeah. subway's not so much, but the the street system is awesome. <clears throat> got got there to the um, diner, but before I did, just as I'm turning in, it was on on Broadway, I think, right? And I just see this big poster of the genie from Aladdin, and it just said, "Welcome to Broadway." Oh, I'm looking at it, I'm like, like "Thanks, man, oh. I'm on Broadway." <laughs> but you were like in the heart on of Broadway, it, all, and yeah, it, was it was insane incredible. seeing that. Yeah. And just, it was. It was a crazy experience. It was and... awesome. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I saw that um, thing. Was it on iPlayer or BBC um, or YouTube? I can't remember. Was it Murder for Love? Where you're speaking to the camera, but it's yeah. someone else's voice. Yeah. Oh, wow. That was a that was raw... That was pretty cool. I like that. That was... Um, when I say the trickiest job, I mean in terms of three different elements. Mm. Number one was learning it. Mm. Because there were 52 scenes I originally recorded. And I was in the middle of rehearsals. I was up north at the time and I had to come back and learn 52 scenes Mm. in like two or three days. Number two was, I don't know if you've ever done verbatim, but you would hear, some people have it in their ear or for example, I had it. They would play her And then as soon as they press stop, I would then repeat everything repeat. she has said. Because you got to get the you gotta get the spacing, I suppose, of the words and accurate, right? Everybody has their own unique way of speaking, yeah. speech pattern. But this particular girl has a very unique way of speaking. Mm. Words didn't quite make sense. There was pauses in different places, um, you know, it, it breaths on certain things and mm. it was just I really don't know how I did that. And then number three was Samia mm. and the whole st- yeah. the whole story. Yeah. And it just broke my heart. Yeah. I think, I think that's still on iPlayer, I think. I, w- I would urge people to watch it if they can. It's called Murdered for Love, right? 
it's called murdered for love yeah and she really was yeah and she you know i went out i like to go out mm. <laughs> and dance and i remember one night i think it was a week after it would come out and i was just dancing and it just something just caught me and i just thought she will never get to do this mm-hmm. and i don't know why i just found it so profound and so heartbreaking at the same time that really nothing really matters yeah that's why I don't get bogged down in if I get something or I don't get something. Cry about it for a day, maybe get over it. Mm-hmm. It really, nothing matters. Yeah. We are f- genuinely in this kind of, in England for, particularly, we are free to a certain extent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In our constraints, like, you know, I don't have a culture that makes me so um, unable to live a life that I want to live. Mm. I'm pretty free as a person in yes, terms yeah, of yeah. my culture. Yeah. And... It just broke my heart. Yeah, very sad story. Because all because of her, her unwavering love mm. and unconditioning love for, for her family mm. and her partner. And I just and this guy, you know, that he's now living his life without somebody who he loved more than anything. I mean, that is so heartbreaking. Yeah. And I think Sasha Archili, the director, just did something amazing with it. Yeah, yeah, I thought, I thought she does a lot of put together really well. Underreported world, and yeah. she's you know she's amazing. I find her inspiring as well. She's my kind of age and she was just like yeah I've just been out on the front line of a war somewhere oh, and reporting with a bulletproof vest on and there's oh. like gunshots going off behind me and yeah, yeah. I just feel like I have such a secluded <laughs> sheltered life here and there's people going out and doing that yeah. to, to report of what is actually going on in the world and I just mm. think you know what that's why sometimes I think nothing really matters mm. one last question before we uh, wrap up what do you ask in your opinion, what is good acting? Good acting for me? Yeah. I mean, this is my own personal taste, but I, I like people who are real. He's, you know, I I don't care about something that's the most still performance and it's all just in the eyes of nothing else. Mm. I think we're free as people, really. And I like just real looking at real people and someone who's telling the truth and listening to somebody else who I can actually see, not just waiting to say their line. And Sure, yeah. I, you know, who like, oh, now I'm showing good acting because I've done this cool move or I've moved this thing. I thought <laughs> I can just see through that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, <laughs> um, right. That for me, yeah. really. And people being true to them, um, to the character. And Is that the right, is that, I don't know. I think I see some, some... And maybe, you know, some people are quite conscious of how they look. Yeah. yeah and yeah. sometimes I can catch someone watching them. It's like they're watching themselves say that line. I'm saying this line like this because it sounds good. Yes. And I'm yeah, watching yeah, yeah. me do it. Like, Watch, it's like yeah, I yeah, could see course. them watching themselves do it. Course, it sounds yeah. a really weird yeah. analogy. Maybe I'm, you get me. Yeah, yeah. Instead of just being in it and doing it. And just doing it. Yeah. At the moment, my number one thing I'm watching, I'm to watch the series three times out of this country. Yeah. The comedy on BBC. Oh, it's just ah, the I've not seen best. any of that. I've, I've, I've... Mockumentary. Yeah, I've oh, seen bits and pieces. It looks good. Just brilliant. It looks good. Brilliant. Yeah. It's so original, mm. in my opinion. Yeah. The acting, the writing, everything. I mm. just, I really relate to it. And it I has need to watch made that. me howl. I need to watch that. Please, please do. And The Young Offenders. And what's it? Evil Genius. What's it called? Evil Genius. Oh, that's the documentary. That's that the I'm documentary. I am obsessed. You know me. Obsessed with documentaries. Yeah, yeah. Any kind of crime documentary. Crime, yeah, like... me too. Me too. I mean, I like crime documentaries. But it's weird. That's like my unwinding. Like, I'll come back on a <laughs> yeah, really heavy day and like, I want to sit down and chill out. I'll put a really sinister <laughs> documentary on. But isn't it... Like, I've always had this theory about EastEnders because I still watch EastEnders to this day, which is pretty yeah, shameful. Do. But... My theory about EastEnders is that sometimes people just want to watch 
things that are far more depressing than their own lives. I said this yesterday. Yeah, so it that, doesn't make your life feel yeah, so better that, about you, you that you're actually about your okay. Life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not yeah. crazy. Which is kind of how I feel about crime documentaries at times, which is part of the reason why I'm so fascinated by them as well. But I'm also fascinated by... That that exists. That that exists, yeah, and the way that someone's mind works. Have you seen The Jinx? I think I told you to I watch like, this. But... Yeah, no, that's the one I haven't seen. I just, it's comprehending that people, we walk among these people. Yeah. And yeah. sometimes my mind cannot comprehend it. Yes, yeah. Well, you saw The Imposter, right? The, that is yeah. the hands down. That's like one of the best examples Weirdest. of like, wow. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. What? Completely oh, messed mate. up. I mean, the way they again, the way they put that documentary together was, was great. Incredible with, with the sort of reconstructions or whatever, right? Because the... it is not what you expect. No, making of a murderer is also one. Yeah, I mean, what I was going to say about what I was going to say about the the imposter is that if if someone went to a production company and these events didn't happen, and they said, "Oh, I've got a great story. I wrote it myself. Uh, it's about this guy who's impersonating this this fourteen year old kid." He's a lot older, but you know, he, and look nothing, he looked nothing like, like him, him, whatever, and this, and this, that, and the other, whatever. A production company would be like, you know what, that is so stupid. We're not going to make it. But when you realise that it's a true story, you're like, wow, that actually. And then you realise the mum accepted him on purpose, like clearly well, because yeah, something's yeah, gone yeah. on. Spoiler alert: if you haven't seen it. Oh, sorry. But, uh, well, listen, it's been outrageous. You haven't watched it; it's your own fault. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but when yeah, when you realise that at least according to him, he believed that. The family had something to do with the disappearance of their son. But the he brother, said, whatever. "Listen, I'm an imposter." He he was like, even yeah. I was weirded out that they knew that they were believing me. But, he was but like, here's "What the thing. are you doing?" I remember uh, reading an interview with the guy that made the documentary, and he said, at one point, he's interviewing the imposter. I can't remember his name now. Anthony, maybe something like that. God, God, he's interviewing him, and he was feeling like quite bad for him. He was like, "Oh man, this guy's had a really tough life, whatever." And then it just sort of clicked. Hold on. He's manipulating me. Like he is, he's doing this. Like I don't know how much of this is he's making up or not, but he's doing it so that I feel a certain way about him. And and when 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 I read that in the interview, I was like, God, so you'll never know when he's telling the truth and when he's not. Like we don't well, know no, because he's an imposter. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah. what I do believe is that even he was like. Yeah, I am an imposter. Yes. How the hell did this family take me on? I clearly look nothing like their child. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what are they hiding? <laughs> yeah. I don't know, it's just interesting the way they put it together. It's such a good documentary. I need to rewatch that because I was like, how did yeah. he die again? They didn't, They never found him, did they? No. What did they do to him, that poor little boy? Yeah, no idea. No idea. That's I mean, what I mean. I mean it's my, just my, a crazy word. My theory was that it was the stepbrother. Because I don't know if you remember. The, well, yeah, what was the, it? The the step, the didn't step, like him, did he? Well, no, the stepbrother um, was a junkie. And at one point, he um, he wrote a letter or something to the police, uh, some sort of statement saying that the kid came back. The kid came back at one point, had a go at the family, and then left again. But the boy was like, but the, but the boy, tiny. Yeah, yeah, and, and the boy wasn't. You know, the assumption is the boy never came back. This was like uh, a confession out of guilt, yeah. like, like trying to cover his tracks or whatever. Saying, yeah, he, you know, he came back. You know, yeah, he had a go at us, whatever. You know, so my theory was that because the the kid wasn't like some well behaved kid. Like he was, yeah, but he was like ten, wasn't he? No, I think he was like, uh, I want to say he was fourteen. Still, still yeah. young, yeah. But he was, um, I think he was like, you know, running around for a few local gangs and stuff. Like he was, he was not like this, you know, really well behaved. Yeah, but I mean, he's right? fourteen, so clearly no, no. impressionable. They've but, obviously, yeah. But yeah. my 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 point of, of bringing this up is because I think the, I think they mentioned this in the documentary. The stepbrother was brought in to kind of discipline him right. at one point, and my theory was that. 
that discipline just went too far and he ended up Kill. accidentally ki- killing him. Yeah. My belief was, to me at least, I thought the mum knew. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't think I don't think the sister did at the time. Maybe she did later on. But um, I think the mum knew and then helped help the, the brother you know, cover it all up. Because it's her two sons. Because it's her it? two sons, yeah. But yeah, such a fascinating it's documentary. It's crazy. That's what yeah. I also found like with this um, Evil Genius one. You mm. get to see footage of the people going to the house. Don't tell where me there's... too much because I'm going to watch it. Okay, well, the, the, I mean, it's all on the trailers where they go to the house where yeah, this yeah. body is. And what I find fascinating is those people, there's people who do that as a job. And yeah. I, I would freak out. Freak out, yeah. And they do it every day. Yeah. And I just, yeah. wow, like, who is that kind of person that can do that? Exactly, yeah. Because it ain't me. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, yeah, Making a Murderer was another one which I loved. That just made me sad. Did you, did you listen to Serial? Yeah, of course I did. I like became a lawyer in my own mind of like what was going on and stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it was just all really sad. It was, yeah, yeah, it was. And on that note, <laughs> the end, <laughs> the end, mate. Thank you for um <laughs> for doing this interview. I do appreciate it. It was nice to um catch up and and talk about previous jobs and stuff. Like we don't really have like. I'm sure there's many more to come. <laughs> Stories. Yeah. But no, thank you for doing this. Uh, appreciate Bye. it. And um, yeah, see you soon. Bye. Bye. You think you're big time? You're going to fucking die big time. Oh, yeah. I hope you guys all enjoyed that. We had a laugh doing it. It really did. Uh, Taj and I could, um, we could talk for hours, I think. We could talk for a long time. What I love about Taj is that, aside from being very talented, very good at what she does, and certainly someone that I learn from regularly when it comes to acting, what I love is that she's, um, she's someone who says it like it is. You know, what you see is what you get with Taj, and it's an incredible quality to have, especially in this industry, which is full of people who are reek of bullshit, on a constant basis. And um, and I think that quality allows her to convey a truth in her performances, which makes it makes it easy for the audiences to connect with what she's doing. It's a great thing to have. All right, I'm gonna wrap things up. I'm gonna ride off into that sunset. I'm gonna get me some food. You can, uh, you can follow us on the Instagrams and the Twitter at The Young Squire. Leave us a review, leave us a rating. And on iTunes, it helps massively, and certainly, it certainly motivates me a little bit more to do these more often, and uh, and spread the word. You can find us on iTunes, on Stitcher, on SoundCloud. Let people know, and I will see you guys all very soon. Until next time, as the great Mr. Feeney once said, "Do good." Yeah, yeah buddy. My top friends, now my circle is getting smaller. All these people acting fake, man. And to be honest, I don't even have a top ten. Me against the world, I've been doing what I really love. Haters been hiding behind the screen, man. They movie cuts. And when I'm back at home, it never feels the same. Cause we've been doing our own thing, trying to stay up. I wanna go back to days with no grades. We ordered the kids' meal, play ball, that's all day now. I'm stuck. Instagram page, but these likes on my picture don't result in getting paid now. I've been wondering where the party at, cause all of my concerns got me wondering where they got the Bacardi at.